I'm sorry that you have centipedes. Are we not live? I thought not we were live. Not live yet. Oh my god, I was like standing here trying to, or sitting here <laughs> trying to like look good. We are recording. Oh. We are recording, yes. So, so I mean, is anyone gonna look at the recording? This could be a... Nope. This could Looper. be a recording exclusive conversation. Mm. Yep. This will go on our Patreon. <laughs> <laughs> Hey everybody, welcome back to the forecast, the bi-weekly podcast about everything games, film, and news. I'm Aaron Juno. I'm Alex McKinson. I'm Caleb Juno. You did it. I'm Chad McCoslin. I'm Jake Better, Kyle. I'm Owen Patterline. What's going on, ladies and gentlemen? On today's episode number 181, Unity decides to backtrack on a controversial, a controversial price hike for their software amid backlash from developers. Big surprise. Neuralink begins open recruitment for their recently approved BCI implants. And we'll take a look at the list of who is striking in the U.S. today. Also, announcements from several, several showcases, and we tried out another one-shot, and of course, we've been playing games. If you'd like to know about what we do, you can follow us on our social channels. You can check out our website, wearethehorizon.com, where we have a ton of original content for you to browse through, uh, including our multi-arc Starfinder adventure, The Discordant Signal. Additionally, everything we talk about is in our cast notes, which is pushed out to whatever podcasting app you are using. Let's get into it. I have, boys, another list for us this week. Oh, I am. boy. I'm excited. Oh, okay. I'm excited. When I search for these lists, I want you to know that I just don't like type top 10 or top 10 list and then go just find a list, an arbitrary mm -hmm. list. Because the real issue with that is you're going to end up with things that are just purely fact-based that are like 10 most deadly volcanic, volcanic eruptions in history. All right. That's cool. Uh, yeah. yeah. And that's a list. Yes, you're right. But is there any... It's purely like I want something subjective, like something where somebody digs something deep. We can argue over, and we can yes, we we can argue. Well, I mean, technically, <laughs> you can argue whatever you want. You can say absolutely <laughs> not. There were there were more volcano eruptions that were deadlier. Uh, you might you would be wrong. I feel like that's fact based <laughs> though. You can't really like argue hey, against that. It's twenty twenty three. We live in a realm and a world of alternative facts, Alex. <laughs> mm, true. Whatever I don't you want to believe. We should be promoting that. <laughs> All right, the list I came up with this time, though. Um, I've been watching some movies lately, and I started thinking about what would be a good keyword for me to use searching for a list. And I decided overrated was a good keyword to use this Ooh. week. Mm. Yes. So we have Listverse, their top 10 most overrated movies of all time. Better not be an Edgar Wright movie on this list. I feel like there's going to oh. be. <laughs> I will tell you off, uh, right off the top, I agree with it. Maybe, maybe a couple of these, but, man, the vast majority, I'm... We'll, we'll just see how it goes. Number 10, we have 1975's Jaws. Oh, okay. All right. I see those. I've never seen Jaws, so. Great movie. It's, solid. it's about it's about a shark. Yeah, yeah. No, I know roughly what it's about. Yeah, and there's a shark, <laughs> and it, like, eats people. And boats. And boats. It... It's, it's the prequel to Mega, or whatever that movie is with Jason yeah. The State Meg. Big shark. The Meg. Meg. Prequel to Big Shark. Big Shark. Mm, oh, yeah. Big, shark. big Shark's the prequel to The Meg, right? Mm -hmm. Just they keep getting growing in size. Big yeah, Shark. Bigger shark. It's a baby Shark. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sharknado. Yeah, of course. Uh, number nine, we have 1980's The Shining. 
Overrated? I don't know. Yeah. I feel like people don't really talk about it enough for it to be overrated. I. This hurts me a lot. This is an excellent movie. I feel like it's appropriately rated because everyone's like, yeah, it's really good. And guess what? It's really good. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Sometimes you just get it right. You've never seen The Shining? No. It's spooky. I'm surprised you've seen it. You couldn't watch it. He doesn't mind scary movies. Can you? Yes. He's weird. Scary movies are fine. I don't have any agency in scary movies. They just it just Mm. happens. I see. I think we've we've gone over this before, but could you watch, for instance, uh, Black Mirror Bandersnatch or whatever the thing is called, where you Uh, because that's an interactive element. Yeah. Could you read Goosebumps as a kid? Like the one where you like choose chose your, your own. Endings, choose your own. <laughs> or was that too much think, agency in reading the book? I don't think a book's ever scared me. Wow. I don't know, man. I don't there's know a how lot of, a book can be scary. There's a lot of reader agency in Goosebumps. That's true. You I could probably also do Bandersnatch. Reading through and you have like all your fingers stuck between the pages mm-hmm. to mark where you last <laughs> yeah. were at. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And then no. eventually you're just like, all right, time to just dog ear all the pages. That's right. Dude, I had one of the books. It was like you had to like pick your inventory at the start. And I was cheating, obviously. <laughs> and so I went to one. And it was like you picked too many items. You obviously cheated to get to this point. <laughs> and it killed me. And I was like, this sucks. That's really That's good. That's amazing. Get got. I was so upset. <laughs> Coming at number eight, we have 1994's Forrest Gump. Hmm. It's fine. I mean, I, it's that's one like everyone likes it, but I don't know if anyone's like, oh my god, what a fucking yeah, yeah. Not like... <laughs> yeah. I mean, I I watched it recently for the first time. It was it's a movie. I, I understand why people liked really? it back in the day. Yeah, I, I feel like people usually praise it pretty highly. I, I feel it... like when you're saying like uh, overrated, you're gonna be like, oh, like Star Wars. Or right. like the Dark Knight, right. like movies that people are like really, really obnoxious about, particularly yeah. online, right? Things they rave about. Yeah, right. When it's like, oh, you know, like um, I don't know. Like you could probably say about like maybe the first Avengers. Now, maybe that's a little overrated because it was kind of like a cultural moment. You kind of had to be there. Mm. But Forrest Gump, like I don't, I don't know. Yeah, it's fine. I don't know. I feel like yeah. people aren't really. You don't have a lot of diehard Gump heads out there, you know. <laughs> Number seven, we have 1999's. The Blair Witch Project. Good movie. I mean, I've never seen it, but I do respect it for what it did on the budget that they had and the way that they filmed it. Like, that is a a movie that every film kid studies because of the way that they did it. Like, it's... But I don't know if that makes it a good movie slash horror movie. Again, I haven't seen it. I just am just like, damn, that's how they did that? That's fucking crazy, man. I, I mean, it spawned an entire genre of shaky yeah. cam. I also don't think it's like graded that high, is it? I honestly I don't I, know. I, think some I really people, like it. I think some people really are passionate about that one. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's more of a cult following, right? Sure, cult classic. The case. It's like a Donnie Donnie Darko esque. Eighty six percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Oh, that's wow, higher than I thought. Pretty good. Yeah. Coming in at number six, which I know we're all going to be upset about, 2004 is The Notebook. <laughs> Not overrated, I mean, for sure. Yeah, that movie slaps. <laughs> Let's be real. It's very, very good. I like the part with the book. Yes. It's the best that part. Put notes in. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, that's, that's the twist, right? They get the book and you're like, oh, that's just a normal-ass book. Then they open it full of notes. Crazy. <laughs> Fucking nuts. Uh, coming in at number five, 1999's 
Fight Club. Oh, get out of here. No way. I do not, not think this is overrated. It's not overrated. <laughs> like at all. This is stupid. Why is this on this list? I have I freaking love Fight Club. It's... I don't I'm not gonna say that one's overrated. That one's just That's rated. up there. Up there with like best movies. In like the top two fifty, at least. Hmm. Weirdly enough, only a seventy nine percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Wow. Yeah, crazy. Well, that's, that's has a lower score than the Blair Witch Project. Capitalist reviewers for you out <laughs> yeah. there getting paid off. Yeah. Uh, coming in at number four, Gravity, 2013's Gravity. Was that? Were I people like really it. into Gravity? I feel like you don't hear about it very often. Yeah, it feels a little bit like an avatar where like it came out and people are yeah. like, whoa, that's really cool. And then like nobody has thought about it since. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It was neat at the time. It was a 96 on Rotten Tomatoes. That I think that was one of the... High. That was a... Like, it, was, it was really important. There was like a scene at the very beginning. It was like a 17 minute one shot, one take. Yeah. And it was kind of the dawn of movies maybe moving in to really focus on more one takes or maybe even single episodes of TV shows trying to string everything together and make it look like it was just a single take. The audience score on Rotten Tomatoes seems like it's settled over time to like what it should actually be, which is 79. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no, I think that's fair. Is it, was the one shot like all CGI? Because I feel like most of that movie is just kind of CGI, right? It is a lot it's of CGI, not, but... I mean, it's all CGI in the background, but it's mostly, um, what's her face? Kind of Sandra flying Bullock. around in it's Sandra Bullock yeah. flying around a spacesuit. Mostly sure, Sandra Bullock's face. She's not actually in space, so like presumably. How do you know? <laughs> oh, God, you fucking I got me they... again. <laughs> I think they filmed it in space and then CG'd uh... it anyway. Like they had to took a green screen up there and filmed it <laughs> just like, to it get looks low too gravity. Good. <laughs> yeah. It looks too good. You got to CGI had, it. They got. A, they went up there and they're like, "Shoot, the Earth is flat. We had to CG <laughs> the round Earth in." You know what I think they did? I think they went up to space, filmed space, CGI'd in Sandra Bullock. Oh, shoot. Mm. There it is. That's a good point. I've never thought of it that way, but yeah. You know what? That could be it. It's definitely it. Coming in at number three, we have 2001's, and I'm very mad about this, 2001's Moulin Rouge. It's probably not overrated either. I've heard people like it. Yeah. It's excellent. Excellent, excellent movie. It's very good. I think it's an unconventional way to name a sequel to Mulan. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Especially since it's like live action, right? Very strange. (laughs) Yes. Well, it's the prequel to the live action Mulan. Ah, Um, that makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shoot. Uh, Number two, 1997's Titanic. Okay. Maybe, yeah. I'll allow that one. No. Yeah. I'm not. I'm agree. not Titanic I'm not, is really good. It's good, but people God, freak out about it, man. Yeah, is it's it really really good. good though. It's very good. It's really really good. See, especially, is, a, especially for James the time Cameron's it was made. Though, you know. I guess I just I don't I I feel like it's good. I'm not gonna say it's bad, but like just I I feel like maybe it has it has more cultural impact than you would have expected. Like. There's a lot of memes that have come out of it, like the door thing. Like, mm-hmm. oh, he didn't even cry during the Titanic is like a meme format now, uh-huh. somehow. I don't know. I, it's it's kind of weird if you think about it, because Titanic, like, mm. it's fine. It's all right. It's fine. Yeah, see, I agree. I'm right there. It's fine. Yeah. Probably overrated. 
coming in at number one, which I feel like this is this is a, this is a good number one. I like this. Uh, this list, by the way, was published uh, June twenty first of this year. Number one, two thousand nines, Avatar, another James Cameron film. Yes. <laughs> Where's Way of Water? <laughs> is it overrated though? Because everybody that talks about that movie says it's not good. It means it makes kajillions of dollars. Yeah, who's seen these weird. fucking flicks? I Doesn't mean it. it's do rated think, highly. Do you think that James Cameron is like just some sort of like pocket trillionaire and he buys out a bunch of theaters to create ghost <laughs> audiences and then artificially inflate? I would hope so. Like after after Avatar two came out and also started setting records, I was like, who? Who is going out to see <laughs> Avatar 2, The Way of Water? Who got excited about that one? Alex and I went. Yeah. It's really... <laughs> yeah, part of the problem. It's really just a, a, the tech aspect, because his movies are like an experience in the theaters. Not that they're like good stories or like have particularly great acting or like any parts make them like a classic film or anything, but... Like the at the time of release, they are like a spectacle and like kind of crazy to see in theaters compared to everything else that comes out. So that's fair. Overrated. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Well, what do we think about the list? We gotta rate it. Uh, that's pretty <laughs> middling to me. I think it's a little overrated, frankly. You think the list is overrated? The list yeah. is overrated. Yeah. Got yeah. They've become what they swore to destroy. We were like, out of... if we had a good list. Overrated. You think four is overrated? Three, <laughs> two, three. three is what I'd put it at. Three, I'd say four. I could do a three. <laughs> All right, three well, I wasn't. Good. I wasn't really happy with like any of the choices. So yeah, none mm. of them were like, oh yeah, that movie's definitely overrated. It was kind of split between like, oh, do people like that movie? And <laughs> oh, that's just like a great film. <laughs> just regularly rated <laughs> rated normally yeah okay all right well we'll kind of stick middle ground we'll stick with a four four out of ten with that list it's, it's all right oh and i see you've written in here yeah o's, o's intro does that mean i like i owe you an intro <laughs> no i mean mm. i i had an intro after an the intro. rate the list intro you're gonna do well, another I mean, intro look i just want everybody to be aware <laughs> Uh, that they need to remember that it's it's the 21st night of September. And, you know, love was changing the minds of the pretenders. That's all. Is this a reference? Do you not know Earth, Wind, and Fire, motherfucker? God damn, you uncultured it. swine. I didn't get it. This was a good intro. <laughs> I'm sorry. I started thinking in my whole head. intro? Remember, remember the twenty first of November, the gunpowder. Yeah, no, that's yeah. Not it. Jesus that's not Christ, it. Mark. All right, too. continue onward. <laughs> okay, uh, I wanted to bring up um, my new favorite segment, which is Alex's news corner. Alex, how's it going today? You doing good? I am pretty good. Yeah. You want to learn something about world news today? Sure. I was hoping not to. <laughs> Well, we but we can. It's all good stuff. Did you know that uh, oh, no. United Auto Workers have gone on strike? I did, didn't know this. I did not know that. You didn't know this. You didn't know that like about 15,000 people are already on strike and it's anticipated it could be up to upwards of like 150,000 people, which would be pretty close just in the auto to industry the or... just in oh, the okay. auto industry. Yeah, these are the auto workers. It's all the people who manufacture for Wait, why uh, for only some of them striking. 
uh, because it only starts at a couple plants. And basically, as the as the movement grows, more plants will go on strike because demands aren't met. And it just keeps progressing and progressing and moving up and up. So, as of right now, there's about 15,000 who are on strike right now. Do you know why they're on strike? Uh, because don't they want like more wages? Hey, this is Alex's news that. corner. <laughs> <laughs> Probably wages and or benefits of some kind, right? Yes, they're asking for a wage increase of 40%. That's a nice, that's a nice raise. I would like that. They're asking for a reinstatement of cost of living protections. And most importantly, because of those two, we should bring this up. Uh, United Auto Workers and auto workers in general have not had pay increases since basically the financial crisis in 2008. It's been incredibly mediocre. Ah, damn. Yes. And do you remember when we bailed out the entire auto industry because everything was essentially going bankrupt and we had to save people's jobs? Well, part of the negotiation was UA, the UAW, United Auto Workers, said, fine, we will. N you guys do not have to honor cost of living adjustments, which just means if the mm -hmm. cost of living goes up in the place you live or if we move to a different factory somewhere else and that cost of living is higher, we don't have to make a pay adjustment for how much you make. In the meantime... The CEOs of a couple of these auto industry companies are now making in upwards of like $300 million a year. But of course, we can't afford to pay people at the low end, which sounds very familiar to the uh, SAG-AFTRA issue with uh, paying people who are doing the actual work, doesn't it, Alex? What do you think, Alex? Is that a thumbs up or a thumbs down? Yes? Whatever, man. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well... I tried. I, I'm trying, Alex. I'm trying to get you a little bit more some world news. That's where I want you to land. Usually, I'm okay. You know. Yeah, I, I found the two whole things Russian so far. thing, you know. Oh yeah, you know. <laughs> I'm two for two. We're gonna keep this up. I'll make it more lively next time. Don't worry. All right, you let's know, move on a couple other things. What? I mean, just based talking about strikes. I saw uh, YouTube music workers went on strike. Also. YouTube music workers went on strike. Like developers or like the people that like yeah, like work on huh. making sure music is available on the service and whatnot. I see. Uh Google just like flat out refuses to bargain with them. And so they went on strike. Ow. Alright. That says they're uh they joined the Alphabet Workers Union, but the union is not yet federally recognized and has not achieved a majority status in the company yet. So Google has mm -hmm. refused to bargain with them and says it's not legally considered uh, a union. So, I don't know. Just more strikes. Thought it was interesting. Hmm. Thank you, yes. Alex. I appreciate it. Yeah. He just one-upped your news. He did. That was a one -up. It wasn't like direct. It's a much smaller uh, strike than the the auto workers, but wow! I need to step up my game. Thank you, Alex, for. <laughs> I appreciate that. Let's talk about unity, though, um, since we are talking about things Christ. that are causing issues. Um, man, unity made a big announcement. I think it was last week where they made some. Oh, we'll call it minor adjustments to their pay structure. <laughs> Uh, I don't know who actually put this note in here. It's in my, uh, my you know text color, but it is not me. Oh, I don't know who put that either. 
I thought it was going to be me. I but put no, it, it in, but I assumed that people would know and want to talk about it. Yeah. So I just had it in there. I mean, it's, it uh, it's a color. It's some thoughts that they have going on over there. Yeah. So to give some context on what, what happened with Unity, for anyone who hasn't heard about this, and it's been all over the news, uh, basically Unity announced via a blog post, not even like a official announcement. Oh, that's coming. <laughs> yeah, that they were changing from their, their prior... Uh, revenue method where you would basically pay per like computer that was running unity but then you wouldn't have to pay once you went live with your product like they wouldn't take a share of the profits they've now changed to your finished product you have to pay them 20 cents per time it is installed so like if you make a game using unity you owe unity 20 cents every time someone installs that game including like the same customer installing it multiple times mm -hmm. yeah it's yeah. it's absolutely ludicrous because like they posted this and then of course everyone's like what about what about if i install it on two different computers what if i install it uninstall it and reinstall it what yeah. about this what about that what about pirated games and he was just like oh we didn't it'll be fine like don't even worry about it like how does, how does that stop them from hiring somebody literally just to sit there all day uninstalling and reinstalling a game from unity great question well the bigger unity, issue would you is like to elaborate some of some of the uh, people immediately jumped to the realization that in addition to review bombs, people could start install bombs. Yeah. Oh, mm -hmm. that's bad. And just yeah. run up the costs for the yep. developer if they were mad at them for some reason. Not to mention, you basically just can't make a free to play game anymore. Yep. Yep. Mm -hmm. Use Unity. There's a free to play um, games bundles game pass. What are you gonna do about those Unity? Oh, there's this there's this oh, guy they... Danny. He's a YouTuber and he's a developer and he has a couple of viral free Unity games, um, the, uh... Muck and the Crab Game. He said under the the new cost, it, he would owe them five point six million dollars. Oh, both yeah. both of the games Lord. are free. He's made nothing off of them. <laughs> I I appreciate that they they did uh, talk about Game Pass. They did say that uh, Microsoft will be the one that pays them for the downloads on Game Pass. Yeah, that yeah, was interesting. For sure. Yeah, for sure. They were. People like, were like, "What about charity bundles where we give away our game for free?" And they were like, "Oh, addendum charity doesn't doesn't count. That you guys can do that still. That's fine." Man. But like that uh, was thing they didn't as, think of at the first. As long as your charity isn't uh, Planned Parenthood or children's hospitals, mm -hmm. because those are political groups and not charities, yeah, according to Unity. Mm. Which, like, the fact that children's hospitals. Last I checked. We didn't have any problems with children's hospitals. In fact, I think we raise money for them. But apparently, helping kids that are sick, that's a political move. <laughs> Jesus fucking Christ. I this cannot is... imagine who was running any decision in Unity and being like, this is fine. This is it's all good. supposed to go into effect, like, January 1st. Yep. And somehow the changes are also, like, retroactive. Or, mm -hmm. like... At least partially retroactive? Partially, I think. I think it's retroactive to the point where you meet the requirement that it now starts costing mm -hmm. you. Yes. It, it doesn't, they don't make you pay for all the ones that have already been installed. Right. Okay. Oh, and, uh, you know, uh, reading our chat here, you know, how do, they, how do they track any of this? Oh, right. Yeah. They asked that, and they were just like, trust us. We've got yeah. proprietary ways of doing this. Yeah. Just trust us. We'll charge you the right amount of money. Don't you worry. Which just seems 
sketchy at any point in time like if I taxes do something and someone <laughs> says trust us just pay me like i don't mm-hmm. trust you <laughs> yeah well tim tim makes another good point john ricatello the ex-president of ea who was there at the height of like micro microtransactions and everything mm-hmm. when ea was voted worst company in the united states multiple times in a row <laughs> uh he is now over at unity and that's probably where all this is coming from yeah no do you guys are you guys familiar with this like infamous quote from a few years back when he was at ea uh about about, the ammo about the ammo yes talking about making people pay microtransaction he was like yeah if you're playing battlefield and you run out of bullets and we ask you to pay for more bullets you know you're really susceptible to pay to like microtransactions (laughs) at that moment like you're just gonna pay it it's like what the fuck are you talking about (laughs) if if i get hit with a microtransaction because i've shot too many bullets being an fps shooter i'm all that flooring and I'm I mean, never playing I'm... that game again. Yeah, I mean, uh, just do. You, do you think that that's takes. like that makes me think of uh, Nolan Sorrento, the character from Ready Player One, when he's like trying to sell the idea of doing ads on sixty percent of a player's mm. visual space at all times to generate <laughs> revenue. Yeah, I mean, he would. He was a joke character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's a yeah. joke <laughs> suggestion. But he, this guy, apparently took it as aspirational. Yep, I think he did. Uh, it looks like the the walkbacks are mostly things like they're going to limit uh, revenue for customers making uh, over a million dollars to just 4%. Which... There's no way they're going forward with this. The no. Like, every developer and their mom has come forward and been like, this sucks and we are not going to use Unity. Uh, I have a quote here from Megacrit, who I believe is the developer who made Slay the Spire. Oh, um, right. yeah. came out and we're like, hey, this sucks shit. We're not going to use it anymore. And they sign off with we have never made a public statement before. <laughs> that is how badly you fucked up. Yep. <laughs> like, incredible. There's no way. They're going to lose all of their user. I mean, they might already be screwed. Like, I feel like a lot of people are just going to stay away from Unity. Just kind of. Oh, yeah. Because why, what's why... stopping them from doing this later? Yeah, well, I was going to say, like, why would you make a new game right now? If, I, if Jake and I decided to make a game today... What would make us think that Unity would be a safe product to use? Yeah, right. Nothing. I would never touch it. I would just be like, that looks like a fucking dumpster fire and go somewhere else. Yeah. yeah I it, think it's uh, the Cult of the Lamb people said that they're going to delist and delete their game on yeah. the 1st of January. Yeah. Amazing. I was going to ask, is it, is, is, so it's basically no games are grandfathered into like the last, like the, uh, the, the, um, nope. Free, free model so now we're going straight in that's so that's like years of people having games out and it's just like oh by the way now you have to pay us like how does that yeah. work so uh i watched a video the other day and i and it like for people who don't know much about unity but maybe know a little bit more about like design work or you know adobe products it's essentially making a video or a, a design and every single time somebody sees it you have to pay adobe because you use their, their, their yeah so it's like what that's true huh? it's very similar like, mm-hmm. so basically my my idraxis logo that i created with photoshop uh anytime anybody sees my profile on steam like i owe adobe money or like anytime anybody clicks onto my youtube channel and watches a single video like i now don't get all the the monetization from that youtube video i have to fork over money to adobe yeah. like how how is that possible also videos that have been up for like 10 10 plus years it's like bro it's that's bizarre to me that like there's there could be games that have been up for 
decades and then it's just like oh by the way you used unity so now you owe us money crazy yeah so what do we think the outcome of this is going to be are they just at some point going to be like ah oh, never mind sorry nothing's happening at all whatsoever that that is 100 percent my guess yeah like i this reminds me so much of uh when wizards of the coast did their ogl mm-hmm. ogl oh Open yeah. OGL, license. yeah yeah where they were like hey you're gonna start paying us a shit ton of money for stuff that was free and everyone was like hey that sucks so we're not gonna do it and then they were like whoop uh, sorry this was even worse though because i think in their original one it was basically like if you made anything under this we now own it and we can use it however oh, we yeah. want sure and that i can was... see them being so out of touch with reality that they actually implement this for a little bit and see what their bottom line looks like and then it's going to get hit super hard and then finally they're going to come out and be like oh by the way and then they're going to give like a ton of deals and then they're going to try to backtrack but like nobody's really going to use unity after that if they actually implement this like right now it's like kind of like you're on that fence where it's like should we use unity should we not but if they they actually implement this and it's like a that's the final nail like you're done the real shitty thing is that springing this on people like this, you have a lot of people who like, hey man, I three years ago I started a game and I chose Unity because I don't have to pay per install. And now Unity sucks shit. Game's not even out yet. And it's like, well, what? Do I just throw away three years worth of work and try to switch engines? Or am I just locked in? Yeah. And it's like, that's, it's so shitty, you know, because you're literally changing the terms of the software they chose to use years and years ago. Yeah, yeah, there was a whole issue with uh, the programmer from Team Cherry liking some comment about delaying Silk Song for five years because they're going to rewrite the entire game in a different engine. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no. And he likes the comment, and everybody's like, no, what does this mean? <laughs> oh, no. I I think the uh, the other thing that was very scummy that uh, somebody pointed out was that um, the CEO John uh, sold like a million dollars worth of shares of Unity mm-hmm. before making the announce before all of this like happened and it's like okay so like you knew what you were doing like you knew this was gonna be bad because you were just like mm, nope. Um, wow. And... Yeah. <sighs> it's, I mean, it's just... God damn, man. Like, how is that not, like, insider trading? Right. Yeah. Like, I don't know. It feels like that should be illegal. Yeah. Didn't somebody from Unity, like, sell off a bunch of their stock before that? Yeah, that's, 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 that's what I was just talking about. Yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Is it yeah, insider that... trading if it's your own Seems company? Seems illegal. I mean, I would it, think so. Right? Is it not? I mean, it is, yeah. How could it I have no idea. Be? That's the most insider trade. I was going to say. Because isn't that what, like, is basically considered what a, what a rug pull is? Like, oh, you true, basically, true. basically hank your own company, but, like, you've already sold your stock. So, like, you know, you just you, I think you got rich what, quick um, and you're done. Elon Musk got in trouble for a while ago because he posted on Twitter that he was going to sell a bunch of stock or something. And then the price went nutty. And then he like he profited from it essentially, mm-hmm. and the FTC mm. like sue. I don't know what the FTC does. Did, did they sue him? They do something. <laughs> they arrested him. They did him. something. <laughs> He's in FTC jail him. right now. Uh, it's this really company, nice jail. This mm. company called <laughs> Applovin uh, is like a marketing and monetization platform. Uh, they tried to buy Unity a while back, and then. They ended up selling to like a competitor or something like that, like basically scorned them. Well, they came out with this uh, app to help convert Unity assets to Godot and or <laughs> Unreal. Amazing. 
Um, very funny. I don't. Uh, very good. This is called Unifree. It's <laughs> <laughs> a good name. It's a good name. Um, let's uh, let's let's also talk about some uh, Microsoft leaks. Jake, I think this uh, is you. yes, that is mine. Uh, so. Microsoft is still, I guess, I guess this came from the, um, their battle also with the FTC, mm -hmm. I think, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Uh, the kind of the anti antitrust kind of thing with their merger with Activision. And I guess people, they just left out some unredacted documents. And so we got like a treasure trove of documents of like Microsoft planning documents. <laughs> we don't know how this keeps <laughs> happening. Like just check guys, just look, it's not hard to tell if a document's redacted or not. Like, oh my Lord. Um, I what I've seen, I don't think there's been anything like really mind blowing. It's the the big thing was like, oh, there's like a roadmap that showed like the big ones were Dishonored three, which I don't think is surprising, especially after Redfall fell flat on its face. Yeah, I figured Dishonored three was gonna be in the works, uh, but the one I at least had not heard of before was a remaster of Fallout three and Elder Scrolls four Oblivion, mm -hmm. uh, which mm -hmm. cool if true. Yeah, you know that's kind of exciting. If if they do it as an actual remaster and not just the red like the Red Dead One port that they did, like that's the only caveat sure. that I will say before I get excited about it. Because do I would I like Oblivion on like a newer engine and stuff? Yes, but if it's just the same thing that I already have on my 360, I'm just gonna go play it on my 360. Like that's dumb. Yeah, I, my guess is that it's gonna be like the Skyrim anniversary edition or special yeah. edition where it's like minor graphical improvements probably some stability and performance improvements and they'll just push it out the door because they, they're not gonna like they're not gonna do new voice work they're not gonna write new quests you know it's just gonna be like all right it looks it looks better now mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah oblivion's old enough i could see them putting more effort into it but i don't know yeah, I mean it. It would be cool if they did a little more work on it. <laughs> I'm just, I'm not gonna hold my breath personally. Uh, some of the lesser things from the same slide: Ghostwire Tokyo sequel. I don't know if people expected that. I certainly and didn't. did that game so uh, well? I don't I, know. I have no idea. Also, there's a mention of Doom Year Zero, which is a, the next Doom game. I mean, cool. Yeah, I was just asking about that. <laughs> plus dlc listed for that I'm I, was telling, I was telling aaron that the whatever the two expansions that came out were kind of just subpar and like one of them i didn't even know came out mm -hmm. uh but you know as people reacted to it they were like you know basically saying that there was a lot of uh stun locks and stuff like that that they didn't really particularly care for when it comes to a fast-paced shooter like that um but then i was like when's the next doom coming out it's been a few mm -hmm. years yeah. Uh, on the hardware side of things, there should be a Series X refresh next year, 2024. Uh, that's diskless, so that's something. It also kind of looks like a cylinder. Um, but then, more interesting, they have their next generation console slated for 2028. Ooh. Okay. So, another five years out until next generation also they they talk about how that one they want to support hybrid computing which means like some stuff done locally on the system and some stuff done in the cloud so like the best example that i found was like 
you controlling your character locally so it's nice and like and like performant and you don't feel any latency but then like ai would be controlled from like a cloud and you could have like thousands of dudes like in like an army or something hmm. something that you couldn't do locally that you could like with the power of basically infinite compute you could run Interesting. neat idea i would be surprised if they can do it well yeah I mean, I'm idea, of that. You're, you're always limited by your bandwidth and your your mm -hmm. just raw internet speed right like at, at some point not everybody can utilize that software or that tech because it's just they don't have access to internet that's capable of achieving that yeah yeah right like you're trading out hardware limitations for network limitations yep like it's a lateral move at best i doubt the types of data they'd be sending would be like big enough to cause an issue for most residential connections most residential connections yeah my god you realize that most residential connections aren't like a gig up gig down right like i just want to make sure we realize that we are the abnorm with that yeah. as a baseline <laughs> i mean streaming i would expect is the biggest issue if yeah, if they're they streaming video, I can see that yeah. being a problem. It's just like data, data streams. Yeah, way smaller. Yeah. I mean, if you can play multiplayer games and have the commands of all the people that you're playing against be transmitted to you, you're probably fine. Yeah, that's fair. Fair point. Uh, anything else from the leaks we need to know about? Uh, I mean, some emails came out that were funny. They, they clearly didn't think highly of Baldur's Gate 3. They thought they were going to pick it up for Game Pass for, like, yeah. I think they said, like, 5 million or something. Yeah. Some, like, very low number. Whereas for, like, Star Wars Jedi Survivor, they were ready to shell out 30 million to get wow. that sucker on Game Pass. <laughs> yeah, they mistakes. thought very highly of that one. Mistakes were made, man. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, you I guess like the, uh... Sorry, go on. I was gonna say I liked the email of of whoever just being like I want to buy Nintendo. That would uh, be like the crown Spencer. jewel of yeah him yeah. saying I want to buy Nintendo would be the crown jewel of my uh of uh, like of my job or whatever of my of, of his my career. Tenure. Yeah, yeah, and I was like, what? Phil <laughs> Spencer's goal for like his entire career is just to buy Nintendo, and that he would be like satisfied with Valve life. was mentioned in there too, right? Yeah, they also yeah. wanted to buy Valve. They said like they basically said like neither one of those is is really an option at the time. But if they if either company ever has like a downturn of any sort, they're just gonna scoop them up. So fair, I guess. Like yeah. that'd be a hell of a get, and they can definitely afford it. But like, <laughs> just a weird weird energy. There was also I some uh, Nintendo get all Nintendo stuff on PC. That would be cool. <laughs> yeah, I wonder how it would affect Nintendo creatively. Yeah, I'm sure if they would just like good. let them do what they do usually and force them to put their games on on like PC and Xbox, I don't know. Hmm. Uh, there was some data from Zenimax where they projected that the next Elder Scrolls should make them like a billion dollars. Hmm. So that I was mean, funny. I'd be curious to hear how much they've made from uh, Starfield. Starfield. Yeah, because they're hmm. boasting what ten million players, something like that. Jeez. I didn't. I didn't see any reports like that. So it's interesting. A lot of that is probably Game Pass, but sure. still. I mean, if they can sell Game Pass with Starfield, that's worth it for them. I mean, sure. I mean, I'm sure. I'm sure that's what they're thinking right now. Mm 
Xbox did see an uptick of like 75% in hardware sales when it released. So people buying Xboxes just to play Starfield. Oh yeah, yeah. I think yeah. I think in the UK or something it was like up 75%. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Let's talk a little bit about the uh, PlayStation Showcase. Oh, this is me too. Um, <laughs> all these are you. Yeah. What? Uh, I mean, we'll we'll start with the big one, I guess. Foam Stars. Everyone's <laughs> oh, excited yeah. about Foam Stars. It's like Splatoon, but it's not pain. It's foam. But we have Splatoon at home. <laughs> no, okay. you were just complaining about not being able to play Nintendo stuff, Caleb. This is this is true, it. There true. you go. You can play Splatoon. You can on play PC foam. Now. <laughs> you foam can Stars. Play with foam. foam Stars, man. <laughs> Everyone loves foam stars. <laughs> um, I think they they did some like Final Fantasy stuff. I you say that like it was nothing, but that was like their big I know, like finale. Are excited about it. Sorry, I, I'm really <laughs> down on it because I ended up not liking the remake so much. So it didn't really it didn't really excite me uh, all that much. Uh, oh, the Resident Evil Four uh, DLC that was the big yes. one to me at least, yeah. like in my mind. Uh, they're releasing Separate Ways, which was a DLC for Resident Evil 4. They're releasing it for the Resident Evil 4 remake. Where he plays Ada Wong, right? Yes. Yeah, I've I've never played Separate Ways. Um, but that it's cool. They're still supporting Resident Evil 4 remake. That's great. Uh, Helldivers 2 got pushed back yes. to next year sometime. It's early next year, but I can't remember. February 8th, I think. I think it's February 8th. That's kind of sad, but... I'm excited for that either way. Kind of sad. I I was, they said this year, so automatically I was like, okay, December. <laughs> so pushing it back yeah. to February in my mind actually isn't that bad. Yeah. Yeah. Honestly, so, it's one less game I need to play this year. Yeah. So I'll take it. <laughs> it looks really cool. They did like an extended gameplay thing. It looks yeah, so they, awesome. They did that thing that's always fun where they have fake gamer chatter. Oh, yeah. During gameplay. <laughs> it's like, bro, watch my flank. I'm going to deploy a frag. And it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> that's, you've never played in an online lobby, huh? Yeah. <laughs> that's how we're going to play when we play co-op. Yeah. Honestly, dude, that would be so much fun to just play one of those games and just act like the fake gamer chatter. <laughs> That'd be a blast. Someone did get murdered by a teammate. That seems pretty real for us. <laughs> Um, <laughs> yep. Got us. Got us. There's a big, big alien that wrecked people. <laughs> uh, the only other thing that stuck out uh, to me was a game called Baby Steps. I don't know. Was oh, this yeah. like its first debut? No, I, so, I yeah. hadn't heard about it. We'd that, seen they it. Talk about it? We, we, we'd seen it elsewhere, yeah. Previously. Okay, in I'm the pretty year, sure it was on this one. Um, it's the new it's, Bennett Foddy thing, right? Yes. Yeah. It's um, Bennett Foddy. Uh, and the guys who made Ape Out, if yes, anyone remembers right. Ape Out. Oh, I um, fucking loved Ape Out. Well, they're making a new game that's nothing like <laughs> Ape Out. Aww. It's, it's like a, it seems like it's a Quap-em-up, or kind of like a Manual Samuel, if anyone remembers that game. Quap-em-up. What, what, what do you want from me? That's what it is. It's a Quap-em-up. Uh, uh, but you play as, like, a guy, and it seems like you have, like, individual control over his limbs. It's, like, a, a very awkward walking simulator. It, it looks like it might be a laugh. It's got kind of the uh, getting up style, like narration playing over top of it. Seems like it could be a good time coming out next year. Emmanuel Samuel might be a good comparison. I feel like from yeah. watching the trailer for it. Yeah, it's kind of kind of a humorous take on that. Mm -hmm. Um, 
I don't know. I loved Manuel Samuel. I thought Manuel Samuel was a freaking blast. So, so uh, if this is anywhere close to that, I'll be excited. Okay, so that's it for the Sony showcase. What about Nintendo Direct, though? Anything we need to know about from there? Uh, yeah, I, this one, I thought this one was more exciting. Um, we've got, we got to look at the new Princess Peach game, which is called <laughs> Princess Peach. Showtime. Showtime, thank you. Uh, it's, I, I don't know, it looks like a cute little, like, adventure game. You you get sort of, it's sort of like, um, you, you basically put on, like, different, you get different power-ups, I guess. So you're, like, sword fighting Peach, and you get, like, a sword, and you get to, like, you're beat like people up. playing different roles. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. showtime. There's like a, a detective level where you're a detective, and I have no idea how that'll play out. <laughs> uh, but you basically just like get different abilities. It looks really charming. Um, I, who knows if it'll actually be like good? But it, it, you know, it's Nintendo. It'll probably at least be decent, right? Mm. Uh, I thought it looked really charming. Uh, they showed off. Ba, 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 ba. Uh, they trolled everyone by showing off F Zero. F Zero One Hundred is probably what they're calling it. Ninety nine. Ninety nine. Excuse me. They start showing F Zero stuff, and everyone's been waiting for a new F Zero game because they haven't made a new F Zero game in so freaking long. And it's 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 like Tetris Ninety Nine. It's a uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Why can't I think of it? Battle Royale. Battle Royale. Thank you. Where you're racing F Zero cars against ninety nine other people, and it's just like a last man standing thing. And I don't know. Who wants that? <laughs> like, I guess it's better than not making any more F Zero games for I don't like know fans. If everyone of the was waiting for F Zero. I was watching the direct and these guys are on, and I was like, "Oh, you guys know F Zero?" And they're like, "No, what's F Zero?" <laughs> I, I mean, I, like, I feel what? like every time there's a direct, you hear from the F Zero thing, <laughs> and people are like, "People are like, come on, we haven't had a game in so long, and they just won't." F Zero ninety nine looks kind of neat. I mean, I'm sure it's fine. I'm sure it'll be fine. Uh, the the big news that I at least was excited about is they're remaking Paper Mario with a Thousand Year Door. Mm -hmm. uh, I almost couldn't believe it when they started playing. I was like, oh my fucking god, they're actually going to do it. Especially since the freaking uh, Super Mario RPG game remake isn't even out yet. That's coming out in like a month. Uh, but they're remaking, it's like a beloved GameCube game uh, that's getting the remake treatment. So that's really exciting, in my opinion. Luigi's Mansion Two as well. Yeah, the remaking terms of that one. Remix. Yeah, they they seem to just be going through the catalog and being like, is also, there anything that was like good? Let's also, the remake, it, original Tomb Raider games one, two, and three. I don't know who asked yeah, for that. that. I don't know what that's about. That's a, that one is literally it's so bizarre to me because it's like why why Nintendo? Yeah. Why those games? I don't know. Yeah. I don't know why that one's happening. They also don't look like that much better than the original. <laughs> they still look super dated. Yeah. Like I don't I don't I feel like like Tomb Raider obviously is like a big name, a lot of name recognition. But I feel like it's not like beloved the way a lot of older games are. You know what I mean? Like it's not it's not like Super Mario 64. Where like you can still pick it up all these years later and it totally holds up. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I'm sure someone's excited about that one. Surprised I haven't done Super Mario 64 remake actually. They, well, I guess it was more of a port. They did yeah, that they uh, Super Mario All-Stars? Is that what it was called? Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, yeah, okay. It was 64, Sunshine, and Galaxy. Galaxy. Thank you. I'm having so oh, much right. trouble talking today. Got you, fam. <laughs> yeah, thank you. My brain's just like moving in slow motion. I don't know what's wrong with me. 
they showed like more Mario Kart stuff, and every time they do it on a direct, I'm like, really? They're still doing <laughs> more Mario Kart content and I the same because, Mario Kart game? I think it's because the, uh, what do you call it? The um, like online pass, like the family pass thing or whatever, mm -hmm. keeps giving you that stuff for free. And and so I think that's it. Like it's just like, hey, you've been paying for this thing for a year. Here's all of the new maps that you get. Aren't you excited? You know, like, I think it's kind of that. Like who is who is playing Mario Kart online? Like I, I feel like it is the least well suited to being like an online competitive experience. Like, I yeah. feel like Mario Kart's really good for sitting around with a bunch of your friends where nobody really knows the controls that well. Mm -hmm. But you're going to have a pretty close race because the person in last can just ruin the guy in front, stay. <laughs> and you just kind of drink and have a good time. Uh-huh. I don't know. I don't know who's hopping online like, oh, yeah, I want to fight a bunch of 12-year-olds for first. <laughs> <laughs> Mario Kart supremacy. Yeah, maybe that's just me. I don't know. I don't think it's just you. I think there's yeah. a handful of those games, though, that are only, like, you only play them semi-casually when you have the wrong group of people gathered together. Right. And you don't yeah. know what to do. It's like when somebody inevitably pulls out Cards Against Humanity and you're like, well, uh -huh. there's literally nothing else this group of people can play, so I so, guess that's what we'll play. Yeah, have, we'll play something that anyone knows the rules to. Have yeah. you ever played Mario Kart against somebody that's like really good at Mario Kart that plays yes. like a ton of Mario Kart? Yes. Because yes. it's not it's fun. Not fun. It's, it's, it's not fun at all. <laughs> It is, it is by far the worst experience you might have because you're like, I thought this was a fun game yeah. and you were wrong. I was like, I thought this game was like super rubber bandy and we're supposed to all have a chance here, but actually no, turns yeah, out. Yeah, actually, I'm getting lapped again. <laughs> like, what? Like, bro, you can chill a little bit. I don't know. <laughs> what, you gotta play drunk Mario Kart with them? Yeah. 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 Although you'd be on the floor and they would be sober AF. Yeah, right. <laughs> Um, okay, one last thing in news before we move on. Uh, I wanted to bring this up because I think it's kind of interesting. Um, Elon Musk's biotech startup, have you guys heard of Neuralink? Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, it's controversial for multiple different reasons, but they did receive um, FDA approval to start a... I, it's like first in-house clinical trial for humans. They've been working with uh monkeys and some other animals as well and now they're transitioning onto human trials okay and they're they're calling it the prime study which is the precise robotically implanted brain computer interface prime that is we're gonna the, have a bunch of optimus primes i love that i that's a weird way to i just love that they had the a room of people prime. that were like we gotta yeah. come up with an acronym that's like also a cool word i don't know that makes sense <laughs> I just think it's really interesting. Uh, one, obviously, we are going to move to, at some point, uh, a time in which we are implanting more chips in order to accomplish things for people who have, you know, things like ALS or um, just an inability to access motor function in their appendages. I mean, that is a, that's a serious problem. It's interesting to me that this is progressing so rapidly. I didn't know that we'd see this that fast. Uh, and I think, I mean, this company's only been around for five years and they're already in clinical trials for something that a robot is implanting directly on the tissue of the brain with small wires that then spider web out to various components on your, I think it's your frontal lobe to do this brain computer interface that runs off of an app. Heck yeah. Isn't that weird? That just Freaking means bizarre, that. bizarre, man. 
like before I die, I can probably just upload myself. Is that your ultimate goal, Alex? <laughs> just want to get upload yourself. <laughs> I mean, I don't know actually, but I don't yeah, know. It's, it's going to be just like Soma. It's going to be one of you still left and one of you uploaded. Oh yeah, my that's God. right. Yes, it's Great exactly point. what you like. I don't, man. I'm just worried. It's like, has anyone watched Cyberpunk Edge Runners? We know it's going to happen. <laughs> yeah. It's going to yeah. be bad. I I really like. I, mean, I think medical science fascinates me. I don't understand it at all whatsoever. Even ever since my sister had her brain aneurysm and they had to fix that. I talk about that with my family all the time, how bizarre it is that they ran this tiny little cable from a freaking vein in her leg up through her heart into her brain and then deposited a teeny tiny amount of platinum wire to stop a clot. And it's a surgery that takes like, it took like an hour. Yeah. She's wow. fine. It, it just insane. blows my mind that that's possible. And so stuff like this, I think is really neat. Obviously there's a lot of, concern for the safety of people who are in these trials i mean the fda doesn't just haphazard haphazardly give people clinical trial access so obviously they've been able to show some amount of safety they did have i think a i think they had a chimp die in 2022 which is part of why they've had so much um problems. backlash and so many problems with them progressing to the next stage hmm. But I mean, if they can help people who have quadriplegia or who have ALS be able to have like regular motor function again, absolutely incredible and wild. Yeah. It's just, yeah. it seems like almost a leap, not of science, but like a little bit of science fiction when you think about what the technology is actually doing. Or, you know, like people that don't necessarily need any help moving, but like, you know, want to get make uploaded. Them, just, just make them like superior beings, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, Alex. <laughs> they can just like improve like your motor function beyond that of a normal human. I would just like improvement to my motor function <laughs> to be that of a normal human. It's <laughs> <laughs> uh, like replace my eyes with like cybernetic vision and stuff. Yeah, let's do it, man. Let's go. Someday, know, man. Alex. Do you want? Do you want to be reliant on an app for your eyes? Sure, man. <laughs> Maybe not, like, I mean, not I've Gen had, 1. I'm not going to go I've Gen had, 1 line up and get my eyes replaced, but... I've had simple apps crash Gen, and become Gen unusable. 3? Like, what if, what if the firmware on my eyes is no longer supported? What am I going to do? <laughs> Feel your way to the hospital. Yeah, right? Like, I, I don't know, man. i got to upgrade to the new version, I guess. Yeah, see, right? What if they, What if, they, what if <laughs> Unity made my eyes? Yeah. What if what the new version do? costs 20 cents every, every time, time you Every time you look at something, 20 cents. <laughs> every time it'll, you blink. <laughs> it'll be your eyes phone every year model. And so uh, the, uh, the eyes from last year starts to lag. That would so be like, they would just insert advertisements into your everyday life. Oh, God. God hellish. <laughs> no, absolutely not. You're sleeping. You're just getting advertised to in your dreams. Absolutely not. With your brain is, interface. This is, this is like when they were trying to like patent um, commercials that would only play when your eyes were making contact with the view screen. Do you guys remember when yeah. they were working on those ads? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Am Super. I the only one that sees the grimace in the corner? <laughs> <laughs> Alex, you know you can already get augmentations now in order to accomplish things in real life. Heck yeah, like what? Well, you can get NFCs in your in your palms. Just make mm. all your transactions without having to use your phone. No credit left, cards. Left palm only. <laughs> Why left palm only? Because <laughs> right is the mark of the beast, Aaron. Oh, okay. 
All right. I'm just saying there are things you could do right now that doesn't. You don't have to like take the giant leap to eyeballs. Yeah. You could start I, with something small. You know. And I see chips in your body. It sounds cool. Uh, the people that get the magnets in their fingertips sound cool. Mm-hmm. What's the purpose of that? It's uh, for people who work with small parts. To be magneto. It's not for people that work with small parts. What are you talking about? <laughs> it's for, like, electricians so they can, like, feel magnetic fields to make sure, like, lines are not active. They're working on and stuff like that. That's what There's tools for that. It's wild. <laughs> Why yeah, would you get something implanted in you that there's tools for? It gives you a sixth sense. It's so cool. That's you what can... the tool does. You can have an external sixth sense. You don't need to implant one. And then you can probably also pick up like small bolts and things like that with Why your fingertips. Why would you want that? that it's so you're just much gonna easier. Get, you're just going to get metal shavings on your fingertips all the time. Yeah. But Caleb, you know how much work it is to like grab something and pick it up? <laughs> now you just need to touch it probably several times until it sticks. How much more convenient is that? I don't know. The amount of times where I have a screwdriver that doesn't have a magnetic tip and I end up dropping a screw down this dark crevice somewhere that I'll never get again. So you, what, if you I just stick your finger down there and hope it attracts no, to what it? I was there you go. Yes. I just want to have, you know, magnets in my fingers and then all my screwdrivers are just going to be ferrous. So, like, it'll just mm. transfer that magnetism mm. through it directly to whatever screws being held. I mean, if held. they're that strong, I feel like you're going to have a lot of issues. It's probably not that strong. <laughs> Every time you try to open a door, your hand is stuck there indefinitely. <laughs> Uh, it's like he only fun. works with wooden doors now. That's right. <laughs> like fully wooden doors. Now. Yeah. Heck yeah. No, That's what I'm no talking knobs, about. Nothing. Wooden knobs. I can do that. No problem. <laughs> okay, let's talk about uh, one quick thing in tabletop. We played our second session of our um, Newton's Third Law of RPGs. We played the One Ring 2E, published by Free League. Um, you know, of course, I said it was going to be two to four hours. It ended up being five. So here we are. But. Uh, <laughs> I think, I mean, at least from my perspective, I think we got a pretty good roundabout perspective of the way the game's played, the mechanics of how uh, transitions, movements across um, maps are played, encounters with uh, people in sort of like council or how you would communicate with people, and then, of course, combat. What did you guys think? Yay, nay? Yeah, I thought it was was cool. It was really cool. There was a couple tiny nitpicks I had with it, but overall, I really enjoyed it. Fireworks being one. Man, the fireworks. Yeah, that's the big one. That <laughs> yeah. one's that's insane. That I went was... back and looked at fell abilities. I didn't find anything else that does that um max endurance loss or whatever. You know you know what it is? I figured out why it bothers me so much. Like a regular enemy, they crit you, they do like nine damage. That guy yeah. has to roll nothing, automatically does at least well, probably at least one damage to everyone in the party and has the potential to outright murder any of them. Yeah. Insane. That's true. That's true. It's probably just that one fallibility that bothers me, but the rest yeah. of it I really enjoyed. I mean, that's reference. easily fixable. Like, yeah, yeah, right. If there we were playing a like a longer thing, like I feel like Aaron would have been a little mm-hmm. bit more lenient. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Or for I reference, mean... go ahead. Sorry, I just want to give a little context. There, there was a wizard that we were fighting who had like fireworks on him. And Caleb had like stolen some of them, or not? Not even Caleb. Ben had ben. stolen ben some had stolen of them. Some. Mm-hmm. Uh, so like they were only like half as effective, but they still killed Caleb from full to dead essentially oh, in one Alex. hit. They got Alex. Alex. Yeah, they killed it me. It was from yeah. full health to zero. Yeah, yeah. I don't I think you'd been twenty-two hit yet. health, and like the max a normal enemy can do is nine. Yeah, yeah it was a lot. Very strange. Stop getting yeah. hit, lol. Yeah, there it is. <laughs> I mean, I think the game is meant to feel pretty deadly. 
I mean, from the standpoint, you're supposed to feel didn't like the feel description that is deadly, like though. That was the one thing that felt yeah. not not for you deadly. guys. I guess is the thing. Like the fell abilities should it just be different. something that feels like it changes combat. But from your perspective as players, it's supposed to be pretty deadly for the people you're fighting against, right? Like most of the time, mm. you're supposed to be taking on enemies with like one arrow or one really, you know, well placed sword attack or something, whatever. Yeah, that didn't, arrow. I don't. I didn't really get that feel. Maybe I think. I don't it, know. Well, I don't know. You guys just you didn't roll a lot of successes on your success dice. Yeah. Is really the, the only issue. If you if you rolled well, you could just one shot dudes. Oh yeah. yeah, with wounds. Yeah, I wouldn't know what that's like. <laughs> <laughs> uh, the thing I was surprised the so it has like a stance system where like there's what four different stances yep. like a, an up close and personal stance. A, I'm gonna forget them. It's a defensive. Yeah, open stance, forward stance, defensive stance, and then rearward stance. I like that one. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So my my only one of them can you do archery in. Yep. Which for a while I thought I had like tricked myself into building an archer in a party that could not support more archers. Yeah. Because you're also limited in how many people can be in each stance. Uh, And so I literally didn't even bring a sword. And at one point, I thought I couldn't be an archer anymore, so I just wandered into melee and was like, okay, <laughs> I'm here now. Um, I think it probably works really well for melee characters. I bet it's fun to play around with the stances as a melee character. The stances range, are cool. As a ranged character, it is very not interactive. Mm-hmm. But like, I guess ranged characters are always kind of like that. In any game I've played, ranged characters are just like, okay, pick your favorite spot, stand there and shoot people That's until true. they all fall down. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I, I really like, it's one of the only games I've ever played that has some actual refined mechanic for traversal, which I think is neat. Yeah. Most of the time you're like, Oh, I travel from point A to point B. Cool. Nothing happens. All right. When you arrive there, yeah, you know, this was cool. It felt more, um, thematic and overworldly and just more contained. Like the story was all in one instead of just being piecemeal. I kind of liked I hate encumbrance in games, but I kind of liked the the system in this one where it kind of balanced. They used encumbrance to balance, like, your gear. Mm-hmm. And it wasn't annoying. So. So you got those I think 30 we played points pretty... of treasure. Yeah. Also, <laughs> I think we played pretty loose with it. It probably could be annoying if you followed the rules really strictly. Um, the game foundry was calculating it pretty specifically. So yeah, if you I ever mean, got encumbrance past like your load actions for taking stuff off, I think it's kind of messy. I think you can uh, take off basically, I think you can drop basically one thing around if you can. Yeah, I think it is one uh, thing around, but still whatever. I mean, that's, I could see it minor annoying. Yeah. I guess if you were really picky about it, I mean, if you think about it, like we never really do anything with encumbrance in the other games we, we play yeah, but i think this them. mechanic is kind of core to what it is to i what guess the game yeah. is it seemed way more important i guess what i was getting at is like it's not it's not like we're getting higher level gear like you kind of have access to any gear you want mm-hmm. but you can't just take everything because of how the game works so yeah, yeah. you gotta pick and choose i wonder how that would feel in like a long campaign though because like Starfinder or whatever, like getting 
a new high level armor set or something is like exciting. So I wonder how that that works in that game. It hmm. works well. I mean, in general, I think rewards like treasure in that game, magical treasures work very differently than what you would think of in like a typical RPG because you basically are rolling in and you're finding a, a, a treasure hoard. And then mm -hmm. as the GM I'm, or the lore master, I'm rolling to see what's in there. Most times just treasure points. But on occasion, there will be a magical item. And that magical item is just built from a table that apparently as the lore master, you're supposed to build this table of magical items that would exist in the campaign that you're running. And then as people encounter treasures they end up finding a few of those and then can utilize them but they're much more scarce than you would normally like find a better weapon like in starfinder or pathfinder or something mm -hmm. might make it more cool but it also might make it feel like a long time between finding interesting things mm. I, it I, seems I... like the main path of progression is just like your, your character stats yes very much so I tend not to like like random loot tables, which sounds like what you're describing. Mm -hmm. um, it's kind of what it is, except that it's like a. I mean, I guess it is completely random. Well, it depends on the size <laughs> of the. It depends on the size of the treasure hoard because some are guaranteed to have magical artifacts and items, but the mm. smaller, the lesser ones, the one you guys picked up, it's just like a chance that there'll be something in there. Mm. Anyway. Neat game. Um, that was our second session. We're going to be playing uh, Unknown, Unknown Armies. Armies? Okay. Yes. In October. And somehow streaming with potentially nine people on the screen at once. We'll see how that goes. Yeah. Potentially right. ten, right? Ten. It's up to yeah. nine players. Oh, shoot. There's a tenth, <laughs> too. This is not going to work. GM. Whatever. I'll figure it out. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. We'll figure it out. It'll, it'll happen. Anyway, let's hey, move might, on to what have you been playing lately. You might have to be uh, more scuffed, but... No, it's going to be pristine, Alex. <laughs> you stop it. What have you been playing lately? Owen, you are hey, up, yeah. sir. Cool. So, uh, you know, Boulder's Gate? You remember Boulder's <laughs> Gate, right? This game that Never came out this year called Boulder's Gate. Uh, still playing through that because uh, it's like just the best game that's come out and it's awesome. Um, and so doing an evil run on there. Uh, evil is fun. Also, very lopsided. Uh, of of you lose a lot of good stuff. <laughs> like a, you lose a lot of characters because like Will won't join you, Carlac won't join you, um, Hal. You don't get Halson. Like you just lose a lot. Uh, by doing an evil run. Um, and also like mild spoiler. Um, no what? spoilers. What? It, it, no, spoilers. spoilers. None, no, zero spoilers. None at all. <laughs> nope. None. Okay, fine. It's not... <laughs> it, it, it is just a... Doing things as a good person grants you good stuff. Mm. Go, <clears throat> go figure that helping people means they might show up later in things. <clears throat> um, and when you kill everybody, no one's there to help you at the end of the game. <laughs> <clears throat> so kind of sad that there's not like uh there's there's no alternative like there's no alternate thing there there's no like oh you sided with the goblins so the goblins will show up later and help you no they're just they never show up and mm -hmm. and so it's kind of like oh that makes the end game a little bit more difficult um which is fine but it is kind of just like oh yeah this is a bit of lopsided but uh, you know i'm having a good time we're making other choices we're seeing other things i've you know we've got we just picked up minartha 
I mean, okay, Thara or whatever mm-hmm. fuck her name is. And like, it's like, oh, cool. This is somebody different. Um, so I'm having a good time with that. Um, and then there's also this game that I've been playing um, that's called uh, uh, Starfield. Mm. Yeah, I fucking hate that game. I'm <laughs> playing it at this point. I am, I am literally playing it solely so i can say how bad it is after i've beaten the game <laughs> like that's that is that is my only passion at this point to get through that game i am 26 hours into it just fuck that game fuck every part wow. of that game wow wow i'm yeah, still playing it 26 hours yeah get out of there uh because <laughs> i want to be able to say without a doubt that that game is trash <laughs> I, I I'm not having a good time with it. I think it's kind of fucked that a lot of the ways that it's like, oh, you can play in any way. Um, as long as you level up in that way and you spend all your skills in that tree and you manage to be able to get the things to be able to play that way. Sorry, if you wanted to just do something, you can't. You got to make sure that you unlock the skill talent for it. Did you want to shoot somebody? You need a skill talent for that. You want to be able to steal a ship? Got to have a skill talent for that. You want to be able to shoot a ship better? Got to have a skill talent for that. Oh, did you want silencers on the end of your gun? Skill talent for that. All of it is just (laughs) locked behind. I have to level up a character to and then spend a level up on that and then be, I just fuck i hate it so much what man, if, like, i don't know that kind of makes sense it's an rpg man kinda i watched sense. a main character die and felt nothing i was just like this fuck this person i want them to die faster <laughs> why do i care like <laughs> I, I see the I, problem here the, the problem is um as a lot of developers asked you to do you're comparing to Baldur's Gate 3, Owen, and you can't do that because how are you going to be am. able to compare? No, I'm just kidding. Yeah, I'm, I I think that is actually honestly part of the problem is I am playing Baldur's Gate 3, and I see how good all of the faces look when they mm-hmm. talk. And so then when I <laughs> okay, have to faces, go back to yeah. playing this, and they just look Air dead field. inside, and they're just like, let me tell you my tragic backstory. I'm slamming the space bar as fast as I can because I do not care about their tragic fucking backstory. I'm just like... Nah, you, like just... maybe you would care if you listen to the dialogue. <laughs> <laughs> maybe if they made it at least I don't know mildly fucking interesting, I would actually give a shit. But they haven't. Mm. They're just like, oh yes, I am a spacer, or oh no, I have tragic backstory, and I'm like, cool, just fucking die already, so I can move on with attempting to level up. Jeez, like I just I am so disappointed with it. I used to love, like, I love Bethesda games. I love so many Bethesda games, right? I mean, I will go at bat for Fallout 76 any day of the week because that is how much I love fucking Bethesda games. And then this comes out, and I'm just like, no. Like, I just can't. How did you feel about Fallout 4? Because I feel like the leveling problems are very similar to the leveling problems Fallout 4 had. I think... Fallout 4, I didn't have as many problems because, one, uh, a lot of the, like, you know, let me build or add on things to my guns and characters, like that kind of customization thing, mm-hmm. wasn't locked behind a skill. Yeah, that it, was, it was. You couldn't put a it, silencer on your gun unless you had, like, rank 2 science or some shit. I don't remember that, honestly. I, I remember, because okay. I grinded until I could put a silencer on my rifle. <laughs> it's like how it. those games the work. The game became trivial, and I quit immediately, because it sucked. 
Yeah, like, like so I'm not defending that system. I thought it was bad there too. I was just curious because it yeah, reminded I, me of Fallout 4. I mean, I don't I don't remember that in part of Fallout 4 because I know in like 76 the entire gun system is just like if you scrap a gun and it has a mod, you learn that mod. And so you just need to find one gun with a silencer or you you have to find a gun that has a silencer and then you can attach that silencer to that gun. And so then you're just like, okay, cool. Let me just find, I'm using this gun. Let me scrap a bunch of them to either randomly get it or scrap one with a silencer and I will get it from there. And so either version of that works. It's very nice. It's very approachable of being able to, you know, level up your character and be able to also access all of the things. Like, an argument can be made and i understand you know how you have to like have ranks in lock picking or hacking because i know that's a thing in fallout in the previous ones as well as like you know you couldn't just hack any door you had to have a specific level of hacking to get through the door and so like sure but i also don't remember having it be such a grind and such a problem to get to the point to be able to get that whereas like all I've wanted to do is just steal a ship, and you can't do that for various fucking reasons. Like, I went to yeah. one, and the internet was like, oh, yeah, you just need to uh, find a computer and repair it. There were no computers on this derelict ship. I couldn't find shit. I was like, I think I'm just being trolled by Reddit. And then, like, someone was like, oh, you need to have ranks in piloting. When I did see that, like, ranks in piloting were was a thing for some ships. And so I had to, like, level that up. And then the ships that I was finding were st- at the end of the thing were, like, level three pilot or level four piloting. So even though when I had a couple ranks in it, I still couldn't steal those ships. And I was just, I was like, this fucking blows. And then I finally got level four. And I'm like, okay, cool. Now let me find a ship or I have to, you know, like, fight pirates so disable their ships oh that's a completely other tree you have to do to get a thing that you can target systems rather than just the ship itself so you can disable the ship so then you can use your level yeah. four thing to see and i was like man this is a lot of goddamn effort for just trying to walk onto a ship and take it back to a planet so i can have a second ship i think part of what you're describing about the this like the things locked behind skills is it it has to be molded into the universe in which the game is applied. So for something like Fallout, where everything is like scrapped and scrounged, you know, like locking things behind mm-hmm. skills seems more normal. It seems more in-universe or in-world or even, you know, Elder Scrolls. Like the skills that you're utilizing seem more like you actually have to physically do something in order to accomplish whatever that skill is trying to get you to accomplish. In Starfield, it feels weird when I have to, like you're saying upgrade my skills in weaponsmithing in order to be able to attach a different site to this handgun that I'm running around with when right. we when like the entire universe is like so technologically advanced that I should be able to put my gun inside of a I don't know 3D printer and have it just make the part you know mm-hmm. what I mean you can you can buy 12 spaceships but you can't attach a scope to your pistol mm-hmm. if you're not smart enough it's such a you weird can't just choice to someone and be like please i just know put a you scope do this. On this yeah i know please put well, the scope on this you, that, it. you need like, a, you're also like 100 that... you need 100 fucking beryllium's to craft it i know i'm like what are you talking about i'll just go to the <laughs> store and buy one they have you one don't there. Need... You don't even need to go to the store to buy one you just put a bucket on the guy's head who's in the store and then you just run around <laughs> and pick everything up and leave that's still a thing you can do in this game yep 
Yeah, yes. you can still do that in Starfield. God bless yeah. America. Yeah, you did I it mean, again, Todd. Uh, like you know, I'd be I, disappointed I, if you couldn't do that. I, I, I'm yeah. also just kind of shocked at um the traveling system of it. Like I'm used to Bethesda games to explore stuff, and at no point in time have I felt a need to go off of the beaten path because I have to go through so many menus to get to the fucking beaten path. Like I, I think I, that's I, just I, you need to learn navigation of your of your menus because there are so many easy ways to get access to those menus right <laughs> are you just telling him he needs to get good at menus yes <laughs> like, what are you talking about it just it just seems such a a a um what is it, like a, a conflicting design choice of just being like oh you want to go somewhere you want to explore the universe all right stop your immersion press pause go into this other menu then find wherever you want to go then you have to jump into another menu once you get to that planet so you can actually land on that planet and then you can start walking around and like there are well admitted very cool things that happen in those like uh i don't want to say galaxies but like in the little like kind of planet things um uh yeah 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 so yeah so it's like oh yeah let me go to, to around this sun and the thing will pop up and there are some cool things that happen like i've had a guy just randomly serenade me i've had somebody be like hey do you want to join this party ship and then i walked on <laughs> completely thinking it was a trap and it wasn't it was actually a fucking party ship and they were just drinking in zero g and they're like come on in and i was like this is fucking cool man this is kind of neat but i have no reason to go to these things you know, like I, I don't have a reason to do it. Like I, every single time I'm going anywhere, it's literally just because I have to get from point A to point B, and I'm just like, all right, here, I, how fast can I do it? How fast can I get to the area? Like I'm yeah. just like, uh, it's I'm so taken out of the game because of it. Hmm. Yeah, I, I, feel I like, think. Sorry, go ahead. I, I feel like the same thing happens in Baldur's Gate, though, and you're not complaining about that, where you have to hit J to look at your quest log. You look through it, and you're like, all right, let me do this quest you hit but, either m or show on map and then it goes you know shows you where it is and then you it's either in a different zone which you have to click multiple buttons to transfer over to that zone or you you know teleport and walk there leave camp walk there i mean you're doing menus the, i don't think can menus can really be complained about just like walk from a city into the wilderness and find something interesting uh, you, you can. can't walk in a mountain pass or <laughs> sure from underdark to act two I mean, but we're talking like we're talking like five options to move to a different act. Yep. Rather yeah. than I was going to say I haven't even played Starfield, so I'm, I, but I just feel like menus are something that we need to complain about. The I, issue I will, is, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say I don't I don't think Owen's wrong with the menu option because there there are a lot of layers to it, and a lot of times the local map feels very confusing confusing in comparison to the galactic map or whatever it's called. Sorry. It's actually showing you... What local map? <laughs> <laughs> Left the bumper, local right map. It if doesn't you, show you anything. If you <laughs> know the hotkeys, Jake, you'll know where the local map is. Listen, you gotta get good at maps, okay? I'm just... <laughs> I literally menu, wandered sorry. around the starting area for like 20 minutes trying to find a store I wandered into once. And you yep. pull up the local map, and I'm like, where's that store? And it's like, I don't know, you're in town. <laughs> <That's> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's well, just I, like a blank series of dots with like yes, exactly. random waypoints it. on it that you can't really tell how they're connected or 
Yikes. I think it's also kind of interesting to look at um, if you go back to Jake, you're going to have to correct me on which one it is. I think it's Mass Effect 3 or 2 that has the little ship that you kind of just toggle around inside of different galaxy or different solar systems. Um, and then you can like go to a planet and then scan it or something. It's kind of in both 2 and 3. I think you're thinking of 3, though. Yeah, because like it is amazing to me how just by going to like oh i want to go into this solar system and i fly my little ship over to it like my on the on the map the little kind of like mini fig of my ship and i just kind of like have it put over to a solar system and i press a and then i'm inside of the solar system and then i have it put over to a, a planet or something like that it is amazing how that is a more immersive and entertaining way of flying than this game because you don't get to fly your ship. You just get to move your ship from one scene to the next scene. And occasionally you will fire things, but you never get to like actually approach a planet and land on it. You never get to like fly out. Like you just, what is the point of me having a ship if I like, I don't get to do anything with it. Literally the only thing is just combat every once in a while. That's, that's it. That's a valid point. The point Why don't they just... Like, if you're not going to have, with the exception of, like, local combat in one just space where you end up at, why wouldn't they just have you, like, click a space on a planet and you're just there? It's like, oh, I'm going to be at this place. I want to explore this place because I want to be there. Because there's very few actual events that happen in space. Most Mm -hmm. of I mean, there are some, but they're just, I don't know. Like, there's a starship full of a teacher with kids. She's teaching a class. She's like, oh, do you have uh, ship parts? And you give them ship parts, they fly away. That's the event you get. It's not like has something to do with the arc of the main storyline or something yeah. to do with the arc of what you're doing. I I mean, it's to give you the opportunity for that stuff, which is like an extra thing to claim that's in the game. Yeah. The real main reason for the ship is so that they can give you a house that goes with you across the galaxy. Yeah, it's and fun, though, because too. they also just give you the ability to build a fucking outpost. And, like, you could build a house. Like, I think that's the other end of it. I was like, okay, so what's the difference now between doing either of these because i haven't like i love building uh like the building stuff in fallout 4 and 76 like i love my little camp that i've built but i haven't even touched building anything inside of uh inside of starfield because i was like why why bother i have a ship once i have one ship it works it gets me from point a to point b i don't need to worry about anything else there's my ship i'm done Have have you built ship I, you more ship? I I managed to <laughs> finally get a ship, steal it, bring it back, modify the hell out of that ship. Okay, so you're doing like the whole customize your ship thing at least. Yeah, I was. I like I was finally I didn't want to customize the starting ship because I was like, oh, this is a cool thing and I want to keep it the way it is. So I was like desperately trying to find a ship to then modify and build and make my own, which I eventually found one. And I was like, okay, cool. And I've been like, I made it look how I wanted to. I got to paint it. And I was like, this is a lot. Like if you would have just sold me a shipbuilding game for like $10 on steam, (laughs) I think that would have been a better experience than the shipbuilding inside of Starfield. Space program. (laughs) Yeah. True. true. This is kind of tangential, but can you, uh, can you save like a blueprint of a ship? Nope. And then, like, pop back to Dang. it? No, that's too bad. I, I, I also dislike that there's no way of sharing a blueprint of a ship. Right. I feel like that would have been, like, a slam dunk easy thing to do of just being like, 
because a lot of people are sharing videos and tweeting about like mm -hmm. oh i made a pelican i made you mm -hmm. know the normandy i made a i made this thing from made you know the serenity mm -hmm. i made a star destroyer you know i made a space truck like oh cool i made all these things and i'm like neat how do i get to build one of those <laughs> and spend all of my credits that i have in this game oh i have to watch like a 40 minute tutorial and go yep. piece by piece the way that this person did rather than just being able to like like copy think of the, the content creators the Owen. <laughs> <laughs> they should also have uh the same thing for character creation yeah yeah like a code or something that you really can put nice. in yeah like, all you I, need in that game, like in uh, like in Street Fighter Six, man, you can just pop a code and get and somebody's really? creation. Yeah, oh yeah, that's great. The only ship you need in that game is a cube with a hollow center. You won't <laughs> ever right. be able to get yeah. shot ever. That's right. <laughs> yeah, apparently the AI fires towards the center of your ship. So if you make a ship that's hollow in the center, you just can't take damage. Incredible. Yeah, it's amazing. It's it's incredible. Anyway. Chad, how about you? <laughs> All right, so I didn't realize the Starfield segment was going to go that long, uh, so I yeah, told I, Aaron I to, to move me up because we were just talking about Baldur's Gate, and I was like, oh, I have thoughts on the evil stuff, but I didn't want to, like, <laughs> jump in. Before... Anyways, so I also completed Baldur's Gate. It took me, like, 148-ish hours to yep. beat that... on the first run-through. Um, That's roughly goody two shoes. I did 150. Yeah, did goody two-shoes, so... Um, also, while watching uh, Aaron and Caleb, Jake, and Alex play, there's so much in this game that is it just could go completely different every single run. Um, one of the things that just blew my mind was Shadowheart getting stabbed and then Lazel exploding because Alex chose wrong dialogue <laughs> options. <laughs> Wait, what? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been keeping Thanks up with our playthrough. Of super sideways i don't know mm -hmm. it was very sudden and it was very unfortunate lazo out of nowhere was just like give me the artifact and I, i'm playing Shadowheart, and i'm like my entire character identity is like i gotta protect this thing so i'm like no i'm not giving it to you and then she stabs me through the stomach and takes it anyway and she goes off to the corner of the camp and just explodes just explodes into a pile of guts yep mm -hmm. she's just gone you managed to somehow kill Lizelle? Yeah. It was, dude, it was mm -hmm. the craziest shit I've ever seen <laughs> in my goddamn life. I, that is insane. amazing. Because, <laughs> like, the scene started and I was like, oh shit, Shadowheart's gonna die. And then Lizelle, yeah. like, exploded. <laughs> I thought both, so, to be honest, I thought both Shadowheart and Lizelle was dead because I was thinking to myself, like, all right, well, who's Alex gonna play next? I came yeah. out of the cutscene yeah. at 1 HP. So. Yeah. It was what? after we had just long rested. It was, man. Pretty <laughs> so the good news is, hot. you get stabbed Damn. and died, and you can get revivified. You explode and die, you can't be revivified. There's no body! <laughs> yeah. So there was a... I did see online that somebody, like, after beating the game multiple times, that, like, Carlac gets sentient about being in a video game and pulls a fucking Doki Doki on you. <laughs> and I was like... What? Like, how many hours do you need to play to get to that point? Like, that's insane. Sounds funny. So, I also am trying to do an evil run, uh, and I chose Dark Urge again. Both of my playthroughs have been Dark Urge. What? What happened? Oh. Okay. Uh, both of my playthroughs are being uh, Dark Urge. Um, mm -hmm. My second playthrough, uh, I got creative and made my Guardian the character for my first playthrough. Oh, um, that's neat. So, nice. uh, it's just like vaguely looks familiar from that person. Um, mm -hmm. I actually realized that I 
effed up the eye color, but whatever. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that doesn't matter. So I also like. First of all, I, I thought I was going to do an evil playthrough the first run, and then like as soon as I got to a choice where I was like, let me choose this choice, and then I heard the dialogue from the other person, I was like, oh, that's so sad. They're really <laughs> evil, yeah. some of those choices. Yeah. Uh-huh. So, so I was like, uh, I don't know if I could be evil. So I stumbled across a Reddit post where they were uh, basically having the same uh, contemplation as me. It's basically like, how do you be evil in this game and like actually put up with it? And like, how, how can you do that as a compassionate person? Uh, and a lot of people basically started writing down, and this kind of uh, goes to what Owen was saying on evils just, like, doesn't benefit you at all. Um, a lot of people were like, you're playing evil wrong if you're doing that then. Because evil doesn't necessarily mean murder hobo, just go all out, right. kill everything. Evil is, it has so many different layers to it, to where it's like, uh, you're trying to be evil, but, like... All right, so there's that one quest where there's the paladins that want to kill Karlak, and like I feel like the evil option is just kill Karlak, just right there, right? Mm-hmm. But yeah, yeah. instead of doing that, you're like, all right, Karlak is like a good asset to my team. Kill the paladins instead. Uh, sure. Or like the the nulls that are attacking um, the two guys in the cave. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, there's loot in there, and so there's an option which I actually just figured this out last night, last night or tonight, whatever. Uh, the nulls actually see you as a true soul and there's a dialogue option where you could just be like i'll just go attack the people in the cave and then they don't attack you anymore so it's like there's there's a lot of things where it's like there's the gray areas that you just basically choose whatever benefits you um i haven't really gotten to the the goblin part uh and then after that i'm very curious to see how an evil playthrough interacts with uh when you walk into the the camp of first light (laughs) because you save the the village and a uh tiefling Little little kid comes up. It's like, oh, they saved us. Don't don't. It's so like, how's how's that gonna interact when you're evil and you walk into that camp? Are you gonna have you to just kill the whole camp. camp right then? Yeah, <laughs> I I just got in there and I can tell you, you just don't. You go elsewhere. You go <laughs> elsewhere first. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like uh, it is it is hard, especially when when your like first option is like, oh, do you side with like the goblins or the um uh the druids? like the the grove or whatever and i was like okay yeah we'll i mean i guess we'll have to side with the goblins because we want to try that out and so we did that and then i was like they wouldn't kill maul and the rest of the tiefling children would they (laughs) and i went down there and i saw all of the dead bodies and i came right back upstairs and i was like well this is very sad i feel horrible i guess you almost have to look at it on a scale of like selfless to selfish like selfless yeah. is the the good path. Selfish is the evil path. Mm-hmm. Like, what yeah. is the best possible route for me to achieve the things that I want to achieve? Or in that case, your character, like, what do they want to achieve? And just really lean into it. And I, I think, think that makes sense based on what they were, what you were reading. I think it's definitely going to be easier trying to do an evil run after doing a good run, uh, just because I now know all of the outcomes pretty mm-hmm. much. Uh, You're also. Sorry, I was just gonna say you're not like missing out. You know you're not. Right. It's not like oh no, Will's gone. It's like no, I already did a game with Will. I know what right. he's up to. Yeah. Well, I'm hoping Gale doesn't leave because I already did a game with Gale missing. So. <laughs> oh, that's right. <laughs> you can't. You can convince Gale to stay in yeah. evil, but you yeah, have to that. convince him. He is very upset the entire time. Mm-hmm. It's very yeah. easy to lose him in an evil mode. Very, yeah. very easy. Mm. Yeah. 
Uh, I'm also working through all the achievements, so um, I'm 47 of 53. And, oh, uh, dang. Oh, wow. Can That's you, a lot. Uh, you got, yeah. like, a list somewhere that you can just, like, you know, send over? Because I would love to do that. Have you been That's on yeah. Steam so... before? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, first, first there's Steam, but then there's a ton oh. of hidden ones. And what yeah, I did is... There's a oh, lot sure. of hidden ones. That I is actually, fair. I actually whipped out a Google sheet, and I wrote down... Like, I, there was a hidden list that I found, and so I wrote down the ones that I already achieved. Uh, and then I wrote down the ones that I didn't achieve, and I, like had them like completed not completed and i've been like adding to the completed list um and so there's like five more uh there's also ones that like bugged out on me that like i had to mm -hmm. like try to find a save file or something to get it because i was like that's that's so sad uh then there's the the busker one that i just recently got which is really fun you just play music and get mm -hmm. gold oh so. nice <laughs> oh that's fun um there's an achievement that i i told alex about this i said I, I asked Alex if you if he remembered the zombie that popped out of the coffin and then runs around the room opening up more coffins with more mm -hmm. zombies and then after that there's the mirror that you talk to uh, mm -hmm. and then after that you get the book of necromancy I said in that room there is a scroll in which you're supposed to use that scroll but you probably handed it to Aaron and Aaron's not a summoner and it's a summoner spell and it just gives you an achievement so oh. you guys should probably just look at that is it the method scroll? Uh, it's uh, what did I say it was? It was the summon like quasit or something quasit, like that. That's right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah I, I have that scroll. Yeah. So scroll first of all, the only one I've ever seen that says like scroll is consumed on use or something. Yeah. So first of all, learn that because you can. You'll still get the achievement if you use the skill after you learn it. Oh, nice. Um, okay. And then it's it has a Good pretty nothing. cool part. Um, other than that, like the the game was just phenomenal. I mean, is like for me to play through first. A, a D and D style game, and then second, try to start another run of a D and D style <laughs> game. Mm -hmm. uh, Aren't you also playing a four player game? Kind of. Kind um, of. There's okay. a whole Fair like enough. Caitlin went to Germany, and then like her parents are like moving from you know state to state, house to house. So like, mm -hmm. hasn't okay. been a lot of time to play that. Um, so I pretty much just like left them in the dust and get through. <laughs> uh, but yeah, I I think I I realized kind of why I really enjoyed this game, and it's because. Dragon Age Origins was, like, the original, like, one of my favorite games of, like, all time. Uh, and it had that, like, nice, you know, camaraderie of, like, going alongside these characters where you start, you know, unraveling their story, uh, kind of witnessing this just, like, world building. Um, and Baldur's Gate is just that on steroids. And it's just so good. It really uh, is so good. So much about the characters just being really good. Really well, yeah, well written. Really, really and, like, interesting. I, yeah. I almost think that like it's I'm kind of happy that I started a solo game and started going through solo because I'm starting <laughs> to watch some of the interactions that you guys are having as multiplayer. And I, was like, I don't think you guys are actually getting the full spectrum yeah. of like everything in the game. You get uh, so much more out of it. Solo, oh, actually, yeah. It's just so it's just and I wonder if like if you weren't playing like Carlac, for instance, for that one scene, uh, if you could have had Carlac join your party, like I don't know how that would work with a four-player game. You'd have to make somebody leave, invite Carlac, like It'd without them. It'd be a hassle. Like, yeah. It's so I don't know. It's just I feel like they could have implemented that stuff a tiny bit better. Um, but I don't I don't really know how to do that. But it's yeah, it's a good game. Good I game. mean, you just have to assume that you're not gonna see a lot of stuff on your one playthrough. And yeah, I so the yeah. thing it's is incentive is, for multiple playthroughs. What I'm really disappointed in is there is one scene towards very late in the game 
will say nothing about it other than it is for the first time in a while that I've actually been almost brought to tears in a video game. <laughs> and like, I don't think you guys are going to experience that because you, you're, you're just all together. Just, like, yep. From what I saw with the interaction with you fixing Carlyx's heart, like, it's just... Not gonna get yeah. like the character doing the same thing. It's, uh, it's just uh, it's heartbreaking. I know exactly the scene you're talking about, and yeah, I wept too. I was like, "Holy shit!" We get the joys of friendship. True. You get the joys of somebody choosing dialogue options and destroying an origin character. Yeah, watching <laughs> yeah. explode after just wild nothing. stuff happening, or somebody the... else choosing an option and getting a game over immediately. Oh yeah, uh, yeah. Was that when Aaron? <laughs> Was, was like, me. let me see what this button does. Yeah. Explodes, oh, get kills. Jake. Yeah, I uh, did the same thing. Uh, Jake a god also... showed up and I was like, why don't you take care of your own problems if you're a god? <laughs> she was like, eat shit, game over. Yep. <laughs> yep. Wild. It sounds yeah. to me, Chad, like you just like CRPGs, maybe. <laughs> and maybe no, you should just play you more said CRPGs. This before, <laughs> and like, I, I feel like also this game. Like, just maybe like the Pathfinder games or something. The exploration, the looting. Like, all of it visually, just first of all, the game's also visually stunning. Yeah. yeah. Uh, there's the like, presentation one, is really good. Yeah. There's mm-hmm. that one scene where you like walk into the mountain pass and then, like, especially if you have the, the mod with the camera that you can like kind of move around better, you just look over towards uh, the crash area and you're just yeah. like, dang. Mm-hmm. And then also when you get into the astral uh, prison the first time and you're just like, whoa. Like, <laughs> yeah. What is this place? Um, but yeah, also just like all the secrets that you can find and unlock and like the uh, exploration there. Uh, walls that vanish and just like puzzles to solve. And I don't know, the game... Just a bunch of interesting side quests. Oh, yeah. Have you played Divinity yeah. Original Sin? I, I tried Original Caitlin, Sin too, And then she caught me on fire too much. I got mad and I quit. <laughs> Man, original sin two is excellent. So also original sin to me, I don't know if I was just like smooth brained back then, but <laughs> I, like I, I got to, to different combat scenarios where I just could not pass them. And it was just frustrating. And like, I never ran into that in Baldur's gate. Now, mind you, I did play on balance. I play on tactician this time because I know like what I should prepare for. And how yeah. I should prepare, um, which is going to be interesting playing evil tactician because it, I have heard it's harder. So. <laughs> <laughs> now we're just going to add evil tactician, no karmic dice. <laughs> I bet you'd be better at divinity now. Yeah, probably. probably. I will say divinity is a lot more like, I guess complex is the word I'm thinking of. Like Baldur's Gate, since it's based on D and D. It's like you pick a fighter and it's like, okay, you can only fuck up a fighter so bad. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. other than picking your class and I guess potentially setting your stats at the start, you're not like, like in Divinity Original Sin 2, you're picking from like 10 different classes and then you're picking feats out of a huge list. Like what, every other level? It's it's a lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, so I played a rogue for my first playthrough. Well, first first playthrough was Bard, and then I was just like, I don't like this character, so I deleted that save <laughs> file after getting it on the Ethel, and then restarted. Uh, so, I played Rogue, but then, like, I think it was six or seven levels deep, I switched to Monk, like, Rogue Monk. Mm. And then, so I got, like, double bonus actions, and, like, double, like, uh, I had, like, the key, and, like, the unarmed attacks that I could do, and, um, but then after that, I added Fighter on top of it. Cool. So that it was, like, rogue monk fighter so i was just like doing 
at one point I told Alex, I did like eight attacks in one turn. I don't even understand yeah. why or how. I did <laughs> yeah. eight attacks in one turn, and the guy just went from full health to dead. And I was like, wow, that's crazy. We were uh, trying then, to look at all your stats here. Like, I don't understand how you did that many attacks. <laughs> and then I I swapped back and forth, played Lazel and uh, Karlak, just varying on like where what part of the story I was in. Um, always had Shadowheart with me, and she was just basically the... I think it was called like life balance cleric and just healer. Um, so she literally stood there, put sanctuary on herself and healed, never attacked. <laughs> uh, and then I had will because I couldn't get Gale and will just sat oh, yeah. there and just pushed everybody. Mm-hmm. Also both shadow heart and will had like incredible amounts of summons. So I had so many people like going into the end game. I had like 20 people that I could use. It was great. <laughs> Excellent. Um, but yeah, Small so the game, 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 good, good. Uh, quickly, the other games that I've been playing lately, which I don't even know, if really considered me playing them, like I've dabbled in them. Um, <laughs> I played Dota. Uh, definitely played a lot of Dota. We've been getting back into that. Uh, fun time. Um, still have the issue of letting one character get out of control and then crying because they're just absolutely abusing us and then trying that character and then realizing that the player that abused us was just really good, not the character <laughs> being really good. Mm-hmm. Uh, it is annoying. <laughs> so. <laughs> uh, so there's that. Uh, also, they were doing like the, I think we talked touched on this, they were doing like the decade of Dota or something like that so you could get like immortals Man. for the wins and stuff like that. So that was fun. That uh, messed me up. That messed us all up. I saw one message and then I texted Alex about it. I was like, hey, did you see they're doing this like free immortals thing? He was like, what? And then a couple days later, I was like, Dota and everybody, and you both of you just instantly played and now I'm yeah. hooked. Yeah. Why are you back dude. to this? Back into that. Um, fun game. I mean, I don't know. It's just, it is what it is. Excellent it's, game. I think it's even more complex now uh, than it used to be. Uh, they've added more lane space, more items. Man. Just, uh, tangential dota information once upon a time me and aaron went to ti two different times uh i looked at prices for tickets this year it's insane isn't it they're insane like so they split it into playoffs and finals playoffs are three days long 99 dollars each day which is like all right i guess you could see doing that finals is three days and they only sell it as a three-day pass and it's seven hundred dollars what and you're talking yeah. just for event tickets, right? Just for like, yes. event tickets. Where is it? In it's Seattle. In Seattle. Key Seattle. Arena. Well, Climate Change Arena? Clim- climate Pledge Arena, right? Climate Pledge mm. Arena. Um, yeah, the first year it's back in, in Seattle since they shut down the arena and remodeled it. Yeah. Is, it, is the change in the name implied? Is like Climate Change Pledge Arena? <laughs> I think it's a pledge to prevent it's climate a change. Pledge. <laughs> They pledge for there to be a climate. Yes. Yeah. I think that's a Jeff Bezos decision, that name. Okay. Uh-huh. I, think he, I think he bought it. Jeffrey All right, Jeff. Okay, Jeffrey. Jeffrey. Speaking of Jeffrey Bezos, if you're done with talking about what that was. Yeah, I just wanted to say how insane the ticket price is. It's like four times more expensive than the last time me and Aaron went. Nuts. Yeah, that's Daddy, Daddy B owns a company, right? Don't call him that, please. uh amazon right so amazon makes a game uh and that game is called new world 
There, there we, we got it's to it. Segue. It's a good Excellent. segue right there. That's the game I have been dabbling in. I don't. I I feel like I've touched on this because they they announced an expansion pack, and so I kind of talked talked a little bit about this. But I, I'm echoing if if I have said stuff about this, then just you know bear with me. Uh, mm-hmm. They're doing a lot of good changes in New World. Um, first of all, expansion pack, new zone. They're adding mounts, so that's cool. Even though they came out in the beginning and said no mounts ever in the lore, there's no mounts on this Did island. They? Yeah, pretty yeah. much. Um, which I think is just translation to we don't want to develop mounts, so there's no. Yeah. <laughs> there's even uh, there's like a letter you can find in the original game where it talks about how there's no mounts. Yeah. <laughs> and the reasons for it. Yeah. Wow. So, uh, new zone is boosting the gear score from maximum of 625 to, I believe, 700. Um. With that, they are taking away a system that basically ultimately made me quit the game, mm-hmm. uh, which is called an expertise system. So this this means like uh, let's take it into uh, Destiny Two uh, terms, light levels, right? So you pick up a uh, I don't know fifteen twenty light level gun, right? But your expertise is fourteen hundred. You are now using that fifteen twenty gun. At a fourteen hundred light level, mm-hmm. uh, so essentially, like when you go into like raids and stuff like that, where it's like thirteen and eighty max or whatever, like it lowers your skill. You're essentially because of the, how the game is developed and how they implemented the expertise system. Uh, until you find these items uh, that are higher expertise level, uh, so for instance, like um, I have a five eighty sword that I got from a quest that doesn't count. Uh, I have to find drops of this sword. 400, 425, 450, 475, all the way up to that 580 level to finally be able to use it at a 580 level, um, which also makes dungeons severely difficult because, you know, you're, you're supposed to be level 60 with, like, at least 500 eye level or gear score, whatever you want to call it, but then most of your gear score is expertise locked to, like, 400-something. Um, it's just a stupid system. It's a system that they locking. Does it just mean you have to use that weapon a bunch more before your expertise? No, expertise is like legitimately like RNG based. Uh, I have this. I have this 580 sword that I bought off the trading post, or I bought it off. uh, I finished a quest, or uh, that 580 sword isn't usable at the 580 level until I've killed enough mobs or went through enough dungeons to have enough swords drop at 480 for you know all the way up to that 580 level. So it's like like, it's almost like. recycling the swords increases your expertise with them right okay yeah. i see essentially Weird. but as soon as it drops your quote-unquote watermark goes up so okay. like it enters your Sounds inventory so and then it's so annoying <laughs> um i th- like the whole reason i quit new world is because i had made two builds and i specifically made a dex tank build so i was using dexterity instead of strength which most tanks were using strength um because I could also hot swap, and this this game allowed you to switch your weapons out uh, and hot swap to be a DPS. And it was like mm-hmm. the the draw to the game is that you could just you know insert any weapon into the slot the slot, and then boom, that's your roll. Uh, so I would be bow and javelin for DPS dexterity, and then I would switch to sword and board and uh, great axe, and that would be like my tank build. And so it, depending on what role people needed me to be, I would hot swap back and forth. I even went out and like grinded the 20 levels because they also have levels that you have to grind in each weapon uh, to unlock the skills, which doesn't take all, uh, takes a long time. Uh, you know, it's, it's very time consuming. Um, so did that for all the weapons. 
but then they implemented this expertise system like a couple months after you know i hit 60 and was like you know playing through the game and so i was like that's just dumbest stuff uh they have since said that they were removing that completely and so you're just gonna like if you buy something off the trading post you can use it if you uh craft something that is like 600 625 you can just use it um so great great choice in my opinion uh makes the the grind of a game go down when uh i think they were trying like they were attempting to make people play for longer but like mm. they kept adding these like artificial uh time gated like just extensions to their gameplay um so for instance like chest runs were a big thing where you just get a huge party go to an elite zone and you just run through you don't even really kill the mobs you just run through and un- you know open each chest which gets you materials sometimes weapon drops um, and that's how you got your gear score up at the very beginning. Uh, and then they finally were like, they also had orbs, uh, which was, was uh, the thing that you used to enter each dungeon. You had to craft the orb. Um, and so you basically were like, want to buy orb or like who has orb. Uh, and so it limited the amount of dungeon grinding that you could do, which if you think about MMOs and what they are, people love to dungeon grind. That's just what they do. You know, there's, uh, for instance, there was a drop in World of Warcraft that I probably sat there for like maybe 40, 50, 60 attempts trying to get this one item. I just kept resetting the dungeon, going back in, resetting the dungeon, going back in, resetting it. It's like, that's just what an MMO player likes to do. They like to bang their head against the wall at grinding a dungeon. Um, so they've since added uh, Dungeon Finder, which is a while ago. Dungeon Finder, uh, mm-hmm. you can do 25 dungeons a day um, and get rewards from it, which is like, that sounds kind of low, but like dungeons take quite a while. So it sounds like a lot th- to me. Yeah. <laughs> it's for some players. They're like, Oh, 25 is not that. But like I've only ever, when I've really hardcore into the game, got into like 10 dungeons in one day. That's a lot. So I think it's fine. <clears throat> they're doing some good changes. Uh, new zones. Expertise is gone. They're removing resistances, which is like the crux of end game right now. Uh, you basically like, as soon as you join a party for like mutators that they have. So, um, it's, it's basically just like dungeons, but harder. Uh, you're required to have like, all right, this dungeon has a mutator of like all enemies do fire damage. Uh, they're, they're removing that so that players aren't like forced into having specific uh, over expensive resistances on their gear. Uh, they're basically just making the game more accessible for end game content for uh, a lot of players, which I think is a must. And hopefully with this expansion, it'll kind of revitalize the game because like, honestly, Norwell wasn't that bad of a game. It had a very good foundation it's just a lot of poor choices along the way to you know make the people just not want to play it jake on to you my turn well we already talked about starfield <laughs> i know um i know. i, I want to I, I have a few more things i want to say about it i won't i won't reiterate anything we've gone over uh you know we talked about the shitty map and my feelings on the level up system a little bit uh but the real thing that has made me decide i don't want to play this game anymore uh, and I'm curious to hear if you guys had similar issues. I I could not, for the life of me, find cool quests. Like, okay. I swear, I swear, every quest I went to, it was like, okay, go talk to that guy. Now go and talk to that guy. And he'd be like, okay, go over there and pick that thing up. And I'd go over there and mm-hmm. they'd be like, good job. You saved the galaxy. I'm so proud of you. <laughs> like, it, um, did, you... it did seem like several of them were, like, I had one that was literally going to all of the vips or like the the important people in the town and i was like this is just a breadcrumb quest to introduce me to all of the main people mm-hmm. in this town to pick up more quests like this isn't a fun quest like this is right. just 
and there was like a lot of that and i was like oh this is not good i agree okay, let me let me ask a question that probably can't be truthfully or honestly answered because of the fact that we have a bias now do you think that if Baldur's gate did not come out you would feel the same way about these quests I, oh, I, abso I absolutely do. Okay. No question. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Literally, the the worst one I can think of. I walked into this town. It was like a old west felt straight out of Fallout. I like walk into town. I'm like, all right, cool town. I'm feeling it. I walk in. They're like, oh shit, there's a bank robbery. They're in mm -hmm. there with hostages. I'm like, oh yes, this is a cool quest. I finally found one. I walk up to him. Like stand aside. I'm the protagonist. I got it. So I go up to talk to the bank robbers, and I'm like, hey, you guys should stop robbing this bank. And they're like no like we're in here we've got hostages and so i do a persuasion check i'm like no seriously stop robbing the bank and they're like oh you're right we'll turn ourselves in quest complete i did it i did one persuasion check and the quest is over i was just like wow that sucked that was nothing that was less huh. than nothing i i think persuasion trivializes a lot of the quests in general if you're mm -hmm. really good at it you just don't have to do like that i know the exact one you're talking about mm -hmm. the alternative one of the alternative options is there's a like air vent towards the back of the building. You can sneak in and then mm. take everybody out from above without having to talk to them at all. But mm. persuasion just makes it like, I just solved this problem just by talking, just with words. The, the reason I ended up going persuasion was because of a different quest. It was like, oh, go get this guy hiding out on a thing. So I navigate through menus like 12 times, finally get to his planet, <laughs> run from my ship over to where he is. I talk to him, I'm like, hey, there's a bounty on your head, like, pay mm -hmm. up or I'm going to kill you. And it's like, okay, do the persuasion check or don't. And I was like, well, I don't really want to do the persuasion check. I'd rather do, like, a quest. And he just goes, okay, I'm going to shoot you now. And so I shoot him in the head 12 times and he dies. And I went, well, that sucked. Reload the save, try persuasion. And he just goes, oh, okay, you're right. Here you go. <laughs> I'm like, wow, this quest sucks. <laughs> this was nothing, again. Yeah. Like, I just, I, I, I eventually found... A handful of quests that were like okay uh but i mean almost nothing that compares to like even just the older bethesda quests i feel like were more mm -hmm. involved i don't know i just i could not find a good quest to save my life i think they just spent so much time building the builders like the starship builder yeah. and building the the like hab yeah. builder whatever you call it i mm -hmm. man those are nice i mean they're well fleshed out but a lot of the other components to it feel like they just kind of like tossed in there. Like, it'll be fine. Nobody, yeah, this right. is, everybody's going to overlook this. It's not a big deal. Yeah. A mm. lot of the quests almost feel like, I mean, calling them AI generated feels mean, but mm -hmm. when a quest no, is like no. run around and flip 12 of these switches and then come yeah. back to me. There's, I don't know there's how no, to describe like, it. Uh, no, like dark brotherhood style quest line. There are, there are like factions but Caleb, I know I described the one faction quest that I did where I, I had yeah. to break into an, uh, like a, a rival corporation's headquarters and plant some incriminating evidence. It was just the second floor of a random store, and it was behind mm -hmm. one locked door with no guards. So I picked it, and then there was a chest. I picked it, too, and I put the thing in there. Quest complete. Like, it's just, nothing. That's nothing. Um, it's very light. Yeah, just, I, I was underdeveloped. I don't know. Game was in development for like eight years. <laughs> well, they, they were they developing to, the quests. They had to develop two billion types of barren wastelands to explore yeah. and mine aluminum. <laughs> I I do I do think that their their priorities were perhaps a little misplaced uh, with this one. 
Yeah. Man, imagine oh, I mean, if it came out a year ago, like they they wanted to release it originally. I mean, I I don't know, man. I don't. I don't. I don't know. Hmm. It's very disappointing for me, at least. I agree. Uh, on a more positive note, since I was playing this on Game Pass, I've been playing a bunch of Game Pass games. Uh, I'm only going to talk about one of them here. Uh, I played a game called The Big Con. It was a little indie game. It's like a little adventure game where you play as like a teenage girl who's doing like who's like a con artist who travels out across the country, pulling jobs and stealing money. It's really cute. It's got really good writing. I ended up really really liking it. It's only a few hours long. Loved it. <laughs> Check it out if you're into a game with uh with fun dialogue. It's got like a few different mini games for like picking people's pockets and scamming people. It's fun. It's a good time. Just like a little adventure game. Yeah. Yeah, most honestly, it's mostly like inventory puzzles, kind of like, gosh, I would pay top dollar if someone had a flurbo. And so you got to walk around and find like a little, it's like a little toy that's based after like a Furby. You mm. find, you bring it back, you're like, you said you would pay a million dollars for one. <laughs> like, it, the gameplay is not what you're there for, though. The writing is genuinely fun and charming. Um, so I, I would definitely recommend The Big Con. Caleb, how about you? Uh, well, I finished Sea of Stars. I talked about this last time, I believe. Um, pretty, pretty good. Uh, the story's pretty interesting. It makes a pretty, pretty cool turn about two thirds of the way or so through the game that I really enjoyed. And then the characters are okay. The two main characters, man, they are nothing. Blank slates. <laughs> they are not fun. But the other characters are interesting and have cool stuff going on. Brutal. They, man, they, the main two characters suck. Uh, but game is gorgeous also, and it has some pretty pretty interesting uh, gameplay mechanics, combat mechanics that I really enjoyed. But still, I would, uh, I'd say if you're looking for a, uh, a game of this style, JRPG, turn-based chain decos is still the way to go. It's my favorite. So good. But Sea of Stars is pretty good. There's so many connections to The Messenger, the game the developers made previously. So many connections. So that was Which, cool. strangely, is not a JRPG. No, <laughs> not in any way. Like, not even a little bit. Nope. Yeah. Uh, I also picked up Dead Link, which we've also talked about before. Alex suggested it. It's the Doom-like, roguelike game. Um, really, really fun. I just finally unlocked the the last class, and it's a it's a blast to play. The flow of the gameplay. I think Alex talked about this. That's that's really what it's all about. Because you have like when you switch weapons, a thing happens. When you use a grenade, a thing happens. When you use an ability, a thing happens. When you punch a, just like these balls around. When you punch them, a thing happens. You're like constantly swapping which thing you're doing at which time to get whichever benefit's going to be most useful against the current enemy. Very very cool. Highly recommend. And then I picked up Gumbrella. Been playing through Gumbrella. Uh, it's like Celeste with a gun, kind of. Hmm. That's that's easiest explanation. Um, you have a gun that is an umbrella. You can use it to dash and float. Uh, and it's uh, it's pretty enjoyable. Pretty funny dialogue. Um, good gameplay. I I recommend playing with mouse and keyboard. I think it's much easier to aim the gun that way. I found controller to be annoying in the gun with while playing. 
Is it very story heavy? It's like a lot more dialogue than I would have expected. Yeah, I, I kind of expected it to be yeah. borderline no dialogue, frankly. I mean, the story's pretty simple. Somebody killed your wife, and you're hunting them down. They left the gunbrella behind, and you're trying to figure out whose it was so you can kill them. Oh, it's like kill a kill. <laughs> it's the yeah, look, it it's is like kill a kill. You're right. Yeah, it's exactly right. the same. Don't even so, tell me it's different. <laughs> you're you're not wrong. Uh, so there's not, it's not crazy story heavy, but there is, there's a lot of talking to people. Yeah, interesting. Not what I would have expected. Yeah. Pretty good though. Movement's just really satisfying. It's the yeah. main thing. Mm. Yep. The dash feels it. really good. The wall jumps, there's, there's like wall jumping and you can like swing off of grappling hooks and stuff. It's, it's fun. So it, I guess it's like a platformer. Yeah. Primarily. Okay. Yeah. And there's like kick on the gun, so you can use it to like move yourself a little bit as well. Yeah, it's like a, stuff like that. Like a combat focused platformer. It's like yeah. a Ruby em up. Ruby em up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> no. No. Shame. No. Not doing it. You've combined too many games now. <laughs> or I'm trying to Aaron has not done it in a long time. I've got to take up his mantle. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I was, uh, I'll go next, but I only really played Dota outside of, uh, playing Baldur's Gate this last couple of weeks, mainly because I've been so focused on preparing for the one ring. It's taken up all of my free time for playing games. I'm just, it's just me, Caleb. Stop shaking your head at me. Stop shaking your head at me. It's what I do. It's what I do. Um, but yes, uh, Dota had its 10 year anniversary. So of course, man, what a solid game. And I'm just going to say right now, Lion, best character, best character. <laughs> like, We've played a bunch of games and like 60% of them have been lying for you. I feel like. Best character. I mean, crazy. What? Name another character in Dota that's been to hell and back and back to hell and back again. <laughs> exactly. Mm. You can't. Does he have Probably. the most CC of anybody? The most CC? He's got a lot. I mean, he's got a lot. He probably doesn't have the most. Like Shadow Shaman has? Yeah, Shadow, Shadow Shaman has Shaman. a lot. And his cooldown on his hex is very low. If you get. I don't know if Dazzle still has the upgrade, but when he had um, Ag Shard, oh. he would just hex everybody with his oh. Q, which that's a, a lot of CC. I had a game with Dazzle, he still has it. Mm. Underlord has a lot of CC. Um, I don't know, you get AoE hex with Iron Ramp at some point. Yeah, but it's level it's level 25. It's way up there. But, I mean, an 8-second cooldown on an AoE, 300 AoE hex is pretty <laughs> insane in that game. But at that point, everybody's got BKBs and much better yeah. mobility, so you're not catching three or four people. You're catching two, maybe. That's a good point. <laughs> I didn't think about that. I didn't think about, didn't think about the BKBs. No, Get out of here. Important. <laughs> you got to remember the BKB. <sighs> I, I so always good. forget. That's why I'm so bad at Dota. I always forget about the BKBs. I don't understand I was... how that game is so satisfying. It's so satisfying. I, I don't get it, man. I went to look at our hours to see like how much you've actually played because you said you had no time for other games, but you've played like 14 hours of Dota in the last <laughs> two weeks. But I always forget, Jake played some Dota at one point. He has a little mm. over nine hours in this game. That's yeah, crazy. Dude, I love, over I love, nine? I love BKB. My favorite. <laughs> 9.1 hours, Nine is dude. higher than I would have thought. Yeah. That's crazy. It, he, man, must have played a lot of bot games until he ran across that manta ray one time <laughs> yeah jeez alex how about you 
Yeah. Um, besides everything we've talked about, I picked up a new Final Fantasy this week. Final Fantasy 16. Oh. I've been playing some of that. Uh, and I've been really enjoying it. It's It's got an excellent presentation. Cutscenes are awesome. Combat is really, like, opening up. Very expressive. Um, one of the... You, you meet a guy early on that is, like, one of your main companions. And he's voiced by, like, that dude from the beginning of uh, Diablo 4. Or I guess he's all throughout Diablo 4. Like, the... The dude with an incredibly deep voice. It's crazy. It's a good voice. It's like really um, gravelly. What yeah. is his name? Well, I know exactly what you're talking about. I don't know his name. Crazy voice, man. Uh, That's probably right. It's it's a ton of fun so far. I'm I'm really enjoying it. I'm surprised. And I'm I'm playing it on quality mode. Really? Because I keep, on, I keep on seeing everywhere recommended that you should just like get used to 30 frames per second and play it on quality mode because it's such a it's a much more consistent experience. And I would agree after forcing myself to play that for a while. It's I mean, it's 30 frames per second, but it's like locked in, like doesn't move from 30. Um, performance mode cannot, dips all over the place. I cannot believe it's pretty jarring. I am hearing this come out of your mouth. <laughs> I, I know, right? are, It's crazy. You're playing a game at 30 FPS on your PC. How? Wait, are you playing on PC? <laughs> no, it's on, it's on PlayStation. That's oh, it's on I PlayStation. Thought. Yeah, I hate, you don't know what you're talking about. That's a console. Yeah, it's, it's PS5. If I had the option, I'd be playing on PC in a higher frame rate, but... I just wait. Sorry, go on. That game's probably not going to be out on PC for like at least like another year and a half or so. Hey man, I'm waiting. So, did you have something to add, Jake? Oh, I was just I was just going to add. Um, playing a game where the frame rate moves back and forth is the worst. Yeah, like 30's not great, but having it go from 60 to 30 to 40 just is migraine inducing. It it's not even just that like that's bad it's a bad part of it it's probably the main reason to not play in performance mode but it like tanks the visuals also to try to maintain 60 mm. like it'll it'll just tank the resolution down to like something very noticeably very low and everything's just kind of like a smudgy kind of blurry mess but yeah that's luckily quality bad. mode looks freaking awesome visually um I don't know what kind of tech they're using, but like all the leather straps and everybody look so good. Let me tell you what, like the way the light bounces off them, it's good stuff, man. All the leather straps and everybody. What everybody's kind of game got, you playing? Everybody's got lots of belts mm. in that game. Interesting. All over their body. <laughs> they always got belts. <laughs> so many belts. Um, yeah, gear system and leveling up's been, you know, interesting so far. You get like a, a wolf companion, dog companion. And like you can give him orders mid combat a little bit like uh, God of War, I guess. Um, and that's pretty sick because you can do stuff like tell your dog to go knock somebody into the air and then like teleport to them in the air and mm. smash them back to the ground and stuff like that. It's very fun. Yeah. How how has the gameplay to cutscene balance been? Because that was the biggest <laughs> oh, thing yeah. I was worried about after the demo. Um, similar. To the demo. Fair. So just like you get you get a lot of cutscenes. Gameplay and then like an hour of cutscene. 
Yeah, I guess. Oh man, the demo did have a lot of cutscenes. I guess it's <laughs> less than that. A nice part about it is like you can just start from your demo pro uh, progress in that game. That is nice. So that's what I ended up doing because I still was pretty fresh in my memory of what happened in that in the demo. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's like there's a lot of cutscenes, but they're really nice and like the story's been pretty interesting so far. I hear it gets really confusing, but okay, we'll see how that turns out. Active time lore. <laughs> yeah. Time tell time me all about it. Actually, really <laughs> useful. Like it's a, it's really funny, but it's actually really useful. And then are there like even... links within the lore to more active time lore? Uh, they don't really do that. But it's just mm -hmm. like any any spot that you pause it, it'll be like, all right, these characters that are talking right now, here's their backstories, and also the area in is like it's this history of this area, and like. You know, anything that you pretty much would want to know based on what you're listening to at that moment, you can pretty much get access to. And then on top of that, back in like your main camp, there's like a lore master guy that you can go talk to. And he has all the previous active time lore that you've had access to, plus additional lore about everything. And in that, there is like links that go like multiple <laughs> deep on like this character knows this guy oh who's that guy okay that guy's this guy and he talked about this thing once and you're like oh what's that thing and you click on that and then it's like you can back all the way out step 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 uh it's it gets kind of crazy but insane they're definitely going for i mean they, they said this before the race but the, they were inspired by game of thrones um so there's a lot of that political like landscape background there's also a lot of just like characters you think are going to be around for a while and they just get taken out man <laughs> Lazelle. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, like that should be there for the whole game. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty much it. What a game. Okay. Chad, uh, did you fall asleep over there? What? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Well, we will be back in two weeks. Uh, maybe with something interesting to say. Who knows? Probably not. But hey, positivity. It's the first boys. time for everything. That's right. That's right. Uh, thanks so much for joining us, and uh, we will catch you next time. See ya. Bye. This week's podcast was edited by me, Aaron Juno. Other voices this week include Alex McCoslin, Chad McCoslin, Jake John Federkyle, Caleb Juno, and Owen Patterline. This week's music was again brought to you by Amer. You can check out his music on Spotify, or you can also check it out on soundcloud.com forward slash Amer. Additionally, you can check out everything that we do, We Are The Horizon, at our website, www.wearethehorizon.com. We have a lot of video posts as well as links to other content we've done in the past. You can also check out our new series, The Discordant Signal, a multi-arc Starfinder adventure, live on Twitch every Monday at 8 p.m. and then out on YouTube and whatever podcasting app you are using at 6 p.m. on Thursdays. Again, thanks so much for joining us and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>